All right. We're back with another episode of Basketball Outsiders. And this week is a very interesting episode. It's a special episode. We're going to be running through the last month of our lives, effectively, because we have both been participating in the most convoluted, dramatic, trade-filled, scrambled egg-like NBA mock-off season um, in different capacities. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a wild ride. I've been the GM of the Phoenix Suns, and Tim, you've been the super agent. Um, how have you, just quickly, how have you found the experience over the last month participating in this? I, I mean, guess. yeah, I, I enjoy yeah. it. I've done it a couple of times now, but I, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty glad that it's almost basically over. <laughs> so so for, um, just a quick rundown of what it is. So at my home on the internet, I guess we'll say, uh, at Detroit Bad Boys on SB Nation, every year they have a, it's a mock-off season. So it started out in 2015 as just a mock draft where teams would be assigned randomly to users and they'd draft the first round and then that would be it. Um, but one of the users, Ron Marshall, um, loved to make you know these four-team trades. There'd be like 30 players and they'd all somehow work on the trade machine. It'd be an absolute... like you know, It'd be like the, the 2015 trade deadline, but in one trade it would be like 8% of the league just be moving around like absolutely crazy. And he loved proposing all these trades. And then Ron, unfortunately, passed away in November 2015. And in his honor, the Ron Marshall Memorial mock-off season was born in 2016. And for the last five years, we've been basically reconfiguring the NBA in his memory. Um, So yeah, how it works is users will take control of a whole team. But instead of just doing the first round of the draft, they will literally assume the role of GM. So there'll be pre-draft trades, obviously the the draft, um, player and team options, you know, renouncing free agents, signing free agents. And it's just, it's, and I think this year we've even expanded to coaches, haven't we? Yeah, there are a couple of coaches. So I'm not sure whether that happened last year as well. I didn't Yeah, I, I started getting offers for coaches, so yeah. Yeah, so how it works is is basically, yeah, you, you are basically the gem of a team. So this year, I was randomly assigned the Phoenix Suns. Now, for the first three years of the exercise being the memorial, I was actually in charge of it. So I think I was GM of like the Milwaukee Bucks one year, and I just decided to drive them into the ground. Um, I was the GM of, I forget who it was, the second year. And then I was the super agent one year, which is what you are this year. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, but I haven't run it the last two years. I've kind of stepped away from it because it's just such a long commitment. I didn't even participate at all last year. But this year I thought, well, nothing else is going on. We're stuck in isolation. So it's a good way to pass the time. And geez, did it pass the time. So yeah, I got given the Phoenix Suns this year. And I'll get to what I did with them in a second. But you have been involved recently. Well, this year you were the super agent. And then what were you the other two years that you've been involved in this? Yeah, well, when the first time I did it, I think, was 2016. That was the first one that it was the Ron Marshall. And I was the super agent for that year. Um, and then the following year we swapped. So when you became the agent, I think I got the Kings. And, 
Yeah, again, probably ran them into the ground. I think um, <laughs> I ended up. I had two first round picks, and I think I used them on Dennis Smith Jr. and Laurie Markkinen. Uh, and then I traded Buddy Heald for like Harrison Barnes. Although my my redeeming trade was um, getting Robin Lopez for Costa Kufus. So, um, <laughs> well, when I was running bit... the yeah, when I was running the Bucks in 2016, I think you were just in my ear. So I had two first round picks and a second round pick that year, and I think you basically convinced me to draft Jakob Poda with the tenth pick. Um, and then in a show of absolutely tremendous value, got Karis Levert at 38, because I was just reading back on the old ones just then before we started, and we'll ignore the fact that I drafted Malachi Richardson at 21. <laughs> yeah, I was but about Kar- to say, we, we will not bring up any other picks <laughs> that you've made. <laughs> <laughs> but Karis Levert at 38, absolutely steal. Steal. Uh, everything else in the offseason was questionable at best, giving Delhi 42 million, Miles Pomley 48 million. But, I think the fact that you gave two of the guys that have had two of the worst contracts from that year even more than they actually got <laughs> has not looked good. <laughs> Thank you. Do you. I guess we have to explain what the super agent is before we go any further. Yeah. Well, ba- yeah, basically you're acting as the player agent for every single player in the league and it turns out now coaches as well. And the world. The world. Oh, well, Unfortunately, this year, there wasn't as much uh, interest for overseas players. So basically, the way I'm looking at it is, um, for the purpose of the mock, uh, if it's at least feasible that that player, coach, uh, G-leaguer would come to the NBA, I will accept that. So I'm not thinking about whether it's better for them to stay in Europe or it's better for them to not sign this deal for the G-league or whatever. Um, But yeah, so basically, you just set up an email wait for the pitches to come in. Um, and then you just have to basically try and play teams off against each other for bidding wars. Um, whilst, you know, I do take into consideration, like, the role that players will be playing on those teams. Uh, the, the fit, again, somewhat. But again, these teams get scrambled so much and you get so many offers that there's only it only goes to a certain extent. Yeah, so I'll just read out... Well, I'm just going to... I'm going to rip what Ryan, who has run it the last couple of years, um, how he describes the mock. And I think it's it's a very apt way to describe it. Um, it's, it's effectively a scrambling of the league. It's a very unrealistic exercise. It's just a whole lot of trades and, well, fun, really. Um, so, yeah, obviously Ron Marshall was known for coming up with these very complicated uh, trade scenarios that actually worked, which is kind of, I guess, the spirit in which this game is played in. It's really just a, um, it's a, it's a fantasy draft, effectively. I think a... the fact that uh, there's no future um, sort of repercussions yes. for mean that everybody that could get traded gets traded, yep. and then the draft itself gets yeah. vastly overrated. Everybody's yeah, so... trying to get into the draft so that yep. they can be active for picks and whatever. I think... Yeah. Probably if you want to be very strategic about it, you're looking to be uh, get out of the draft because those, those draft picks hold a lot of value. Yep. The only, and then you're trading for future picks, which people are just willing to throw away because they don't really matter. And then you're looking outside of the free agency box to try and get players that you're going to be the only person offering for. Well, you've just taken off what I was going to say next. But yeah, 
So obviously this is a very now oriented exercise. There's no dynasty aspect of it or anything. Imagine so... if there was. <laughs> Some players have been tra- would be traded like 15 times in like three years. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but also you'd get like a different team, so you inherit someone's absolute mess. Oh, no. <laughs> then it'd be like trying to recover from... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the way it works is obviously, yes, the, the draft, the, the, the current draft is always going to be very overvalued because there is no future repercussions, like you said. So, yeah, teams are just willing to throw things away because it's a, very much an exercise to try and get into this draft and to have fun with that rather than actually... I mean, it's we try and take it a bit... Well, I personally, as the GM of the Phoenix Suns, try to take it somewhat realistically. Um, oh, yeah, it is. There's a, very different approaches you can take to the teams. It's still, as much as, like, oh, there's crazy trades and whatever, it's still not, like, completely... Somebody still has to agree to it. They're not, like, completely outlandish. No. Everything. There's still, like, legitimate negotiation going down for all of these deals. Um, certainly, I know from the super agent side... Um, I try to keep it all sort of orderly. Um, And then, well, we nearly got an expansion draft this year, which would have been different. That was narrowly defeated. What was it? uh, 47 to 53. Yeah, I think, yeah, something like that. um, I'll admit I voted no. I voted against the expansion draft. Because I voted... I I could just... Yeah, I know you voted yes. I voted yes for the chaos. Yeah, but well, that's why I voted no, because I could just see... Nah, fair enough. (laughs) Like I've seen what the draft, what, what the exercise is like when it's just normal. Oh yeah, normal exactly. Distribution. I think um, I, I was totaling it up today because I was deciding whether I wanted to read through everything that the, well, we call them the trade war rooms had totaled six thousand two hundred comments over like the last three or four weeks, um, and yeah, so sorry. I promptly decided not to read through those <laughs> and just look at the trades that have been completed. Yeah. Um, also for this year, obviously, um, due to the the NBA hiatus and obviously the impact that the stoppage is going to have and COVID's going to have on the uh, the salary cap going into next season. I think it was decided that everything will be scaled down. Uh, I think it was settled on 8.3%. So now the salary cap was just made $100 million And then every player that held a player option had just automatically accepted it, uh, except for Anthony Davis. Yep. Yeah, so... Thankfully, I don't think I had any player options on the Suns that, like, crippled me. I mean, just uh, looking through the list, I don't think any of them were unrealistic that they, would have, that they wouldn't have taken them up anyway. Um, the bigger guys, ones. Guys like right. Gordon Hayward and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Um, Otto Drummond. Porter Jr., Drummond, yeah. Batum, certainly. Yeah. But even, yeah, even down the, the bottom of the list. I mean, I guess maybe... Someone like Hazonia or Ennis, or James Ennis, might have opted out to look for a slightly bigger deal. But I think it, it was realistic that a lot of those players would have opted in. And then, as the agent for Anthony Davis, he was only opting out to re-sign with the Lakers on the same timeline as LeBron. So yeah. getting a one-plus-one one anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, so you brought up the trade war rooms. So quickly explain those. So it's... Ba- <laughs> There's these, it's a it's a post basically, and the comment section acts as like the negotiation table for the whole league, and some of the threads in that. So, like I said, there's eleven. So, well, sorry, we got up to eleven war rooms, 
because once the post hits a certain amount of comments, it slows down and becomes unwieldy. It's <laughs> obviously you're you're a neutral observer on the outside looking in, but when you're in there trying to make deals, <laughs> it's just things are flying left, right, and center. You've got to keep going back because you've got to keep asking these teams, "Wait, who do you have again exactly?" Yeah, it's they've already made four four trades. The, the worst thing about it is that you'll be away for like a day and then you've yeah. got to come back and it'll be like three threads later. You've got to try and sift through yeah. like a thousand well, comments of people asking who's got who and trying to work in between deals that are trying to be done. And yeah, oh, so how I, chaos. yeah, so how I did my... So obviously most of the participants were in the American time zones. So a lot of the chaos was happening while we were asleep here. Um but what I just did was I'd, I'd wake up to, like, yeah, a thousand new comments. So I'll just do the control F. I'd search for my yeah. name or I'd search for Phoenix or Suns. And if nothing comes up, then sweet, I'm not needed. Don't have to read through this cluster of, you know, guys trying to exchange 15th men for draft picks 12 years down the road. And <laughs> I, I will say yeah. when I opened the first trade room and like the third comment was that Giannis was available, I nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> was he available? I mean, suppose, suppose. I mean, he ended up signing the Supermax predictably anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, so, so, yeah, we covered the player options. So, we'll, I guess we'll just get onto the trades then. Yeah. Um, the, the, no, no one is safe in this exercise. No, absolutely no one is safe. Except maybe LeBron. Even then, there was an attempted trade for LeBron that I turned down because um, it would have sent LeBron to the Sixers in exchange for Ben Simmons. I just, I just felt that was. Would you want to start with that trade then? I felt that that was unrealistic, and then also that that uh, LeBron wouldn't accept that anyway. So, what was the proposed trade? Just LeBron for Simmons? I think it was basically that I like I was given the proposal of that being the basis of the trade, and then stuff would like minor assets would pad it out. Yeah. But I just figured, like, oh, no LeBron's, LeBron LeBron's not leaving the Lakers, um, where, you know, he's a decent chance of winning a title to, um, yeah. in, a, in a situation that he knows, to a maybe shot at this stage of his career. Yes. But yeah, like I've said, um, absolutely no one is safe in these trades. And I'm just looking, so you've done some amazing legwork here and <laughs> written down every single um, completed or confirmed trade, of which there are... Oh, jeez, I don't know. Yeah, jeez, I, I didn't even count them, but yeah, it's at least four or five pages worth of uh, trades. Yeah, there's at least 100, I, reckon, I would say. But the first confirmed trade in this whole exercise involves Russell, Westbrook, and John Wall. So, I mean... <laughs> that, and, that's what we're dealing with here. So the and trade Rui was... Hachimura and yeah, the so ninth the trade was, So Washington gets Westbrook, Eric Gordon, and... Chris Clemens, yeah. For and Houston gets John Wall, Thomas Bryant, Hachimura, Jerome Robinson, pick nine and pick thirty-seven, and that's like a, a relatively minor level, like yeah. this watch bomb. Because I've just seen there's there's five team trades here. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that was the biggest one. Um... Yeah. So it's going to get to a point when we're talking about these trades that. It'll be like, you know, Detroit, tra like this is just an example. Detroit will trade, um, I don't know, Clay Thompson to 
Minnesota for Bam Adebayo, and you'd look like, what? So it's not going to make sense. Well, my, yeah, my favourite thing about these trades is that there are at least a, a core group of like five to ten players that have been traded at least three to five times. <laughs> so I've laid this out. I've tried to lay it, lay it out in chronological order, and we'll go through them in that sort of order. But yeah, um, the same... Also, like, we're not going to go through every single trade. No, we'll go through the big ones. But like the same crop of players are going to just keep getting dealt over yeah. like a two-week period. It gets insane. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, that Westbrook for Wall trade was the first one. I honestly don't know what... To, I feel like, obviously, Westbrook's the best player in that deal. Um, again, I feel picks are overvalued in in this draft. Certainly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was that, like, just on a side for the Phoenix Suns. Um, you're not going to see them come up in any trades because I did not make any trades. Not that I didn't try, but yeah, I'll get to, I'll get to my... I guess, ethos of running the Suns later on. I'm not going to go through it now. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was dangling my 10th pick, seeing if someone would bite with a, a big offer, and, and no one really did. So, But yeah, so pick nine amongst a lot of other things uh, for Russell Westbrook. I guess in this exercise, people are, are far more likely or ready to dump superstars well, yeah, there's no, there's no attachment there, really. Yeah. Um, and it's an it's like we've said, it's there's really two strategic ways you can look at this. Either you're trying to compete uh, straight away for the title, or you're just completely blowing everything up. Um, but yeah, looking at the second deal. Yeah. Um, I think that's it's look at much more realistic deal. I think um, Indiana receiving Jalen Brown and the seventeenth pick for. Victor Oladipo. Um, it's definitely a lot calmer. Yeah, I think that, that it seems like a more realistic deal. I like it much more for the paces. Um, yes. Just because you've got that long-term potential there, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas Oladipo is probably more of a finished product. That said, he's still he's still pretty young. But yes, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not like we can. Like, oh, the, the, the real-life impact. You know, how does Victor feel about being traded again? <laughs> you know, Jalen Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, but then you've got all these, like, other little trades, like Bagley to Sacramento. Sorry, to Cleveland for Darius Garland and Dylan Dylan Windler. Is that his name? Yeah, that's him. So, like, the, there are a lot of, like, just these, yeah, like, smaller deals. I, I have takes oh. about the, the five-teamer. Yeah, do you want to move on to the five-teamer? Yeah, we'll move on to the five-teamer. Okay, so the five-teamer involves... I'll, I'll just... I'll let you um, marinate for a second. So the five-teamer involves Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Chicago, Miami, and Golden State. So <clears throat> I'm just reading through now. I don't know why this is legal, but I guess it got approved, so it must be. Milwaukee received Matisse Thibel and Minnesota's 2021 second rounder. Philadelphia received N.A. <laughs> Nothing. Um, I'm guessing they were clearing cap space. Chicago received DJ Wilson, pick 34, pick 36, and just and uh, thrown on the end, Tobias Harris. <laughs> Miami received Otto Porter Jr. and Dante DiVincenzo. And Golden State received Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I love how they <laughs> traded back for you. <laughs> okay, what do you got to say about this one? Well, firstly, I... I, I the brief bits that I did read of the uh, 
negotiations. The negotiations was offering DiVincenzo straight up for Tybal. And I'm just, obviously, I'm a Bucks fan, but I'm just thinking, like, Do obviously, no, well, Tybal's such a, is a decent prospect, but in no way is he worth Dante DiVincenzo, especially for the situation that the Bucks are in. Um, but he's Australian, sir. Cool. <laughs> um, and then poor DJ Wilson gets shipped to Chicago. One of like his eight deals that he's traded for. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty crazy deal for Chicago. It's, I think it's a clear win for them, to be honest. Um, well, clearing. I gave up was. But I bought a junior. And then they get. DJ I mean, even if you. Even if you don't count DJ Wilson, 34, 36, and Tobias Harris. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Tobias Harris's contract is mammoth. Oh, of course, but so is so Otto Porter Jr.'s. Yeah, true. And then yeah, yeah, Golden State just tacked on the end with the Iguodala. Well, did they, who did they even give up? That one. They just got a free Iguodala out of it. Or maybe did they have 34 or 36? Yeah, I think they might have. But Philadelphia getting nothing. I'm, I'm assuming they were just clearing space for LeBron. Was that the... Yeah, was, maybe. Yeah. Because I, I haven't looked at their free agency. Um, but that, that will get to free agency a lot later on. Uh, but yeah, it, it's this this like this trade right here is the reason this exercise exists. <laughs> this is like... This is, the, this is Ron to an absolute capital T. Actually, this is probably even bigger than anything Ron did. I think I think Ron even himself capped it at like four deal at uh, four teams. Yeah, five is just unholy. But the next one, Chicago again. They get Aaron Gordon in exchange for Kobe White. Yes, yeah, so, 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 certain people were a lot more active than others. Especially well, they, it goes in runs because you can see who was active at a certain time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chicago gets Aaron Gordon for Kobe White, Felicio, Archie Diacono, and forty-seven. I think that's. A reasonable deal for both sides, to be honest. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, like, Felicio is a bit meh, and Archie Diocano is, like, just a standard, like, good backup point guard. But I guess if Orlando feels like they don't really want to pay Aaron Gordon moving forward, especially with Jonathan Isaac and, you know, what they've potentially got in Mo Bamba, Yeah. I guess it's, it's a reasonable gamble to take, especially, you know, Kobe White showing some stuff. <clears throat> and you can potentially, I guess, I guess he's like a, a another, because Orlando's kind of in the position as a small market. They have to, I guess, swing for these younger guys rather than attracting big free agents. Yeah. Hoping that they pan out. It's kind of what they did with Fultz. And I guess we'll see how that works out in the future. But yeah, I think it's, it, it's kind of the level of return you'd expect for a, a low level star like Aaron Gordon. Yeah, I think that certainly uh, as a real life deal, that's believable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Kobe White, so I'm. I'm... Yeah, I think he's right. Yeah, um, and I, but I, I do like Aaron Gordon, and I've seen Chicago come up again later in, for another. Like Chicago's just in the business of acquiring names at this point, I think. <laughs> but do you want to do the next trade? Yeah, we'll look Actually, at the next yeah, one. I was going. I didn't even see the first name on it, so yeah, we have to talk about this one. Yeah, of course. So certain teams just like to, they, they're acquiring names more than anything. So Boston receives Rudy Gobert and Nigel Williams-Goss, you know, big name there, um, in exchange for Gordon Haywood and then picks 26 and 30. Again, not the most, I mean, I don't see Utah trading away Gobert ever, 
um, at least not while he's in his prime, but it's not the most unrealistic trade in terms of just value. Again, actual, uh, tra- trading back for a... Yeah, the actual name will probably make it a bit unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, you imagine Hayward going back to Utah. Um, mm. I think that Gobert was probably going to get traded regardless of who ended up getting him in this just because you don't really want to be the team to pay him. I think a lot, a lot of people have that sort of perception that by maxing out a center, it's probably not most, it's probably not conducive to being a championship team in, in, the, in the current NBA. Plus, Gobert is a very con- contagious player. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so, so like I said, I think the actual value here is reasonable. Yeah. The names themselves, no. There's no way Utah <laughs> is getting Gordon Haywood back. Um, at least not for like, you know, seven or eight years. Maybe he'll sign a one-day contract and retire there, but even then, doubtful. Boston I, I, again on the next yeah, one. Boston, they pick up the uh, yeah, 10.5, 8.5, 3.5 club legend, Thad Young. 13 and 5, 6, isn't it? Probably. I, I, I just blanked. I, I thought of the joke <laughs> and then I completely blanked on it. But yeah, they yes, pick up Thad Boston. Young, yep. Sadaransky and Laurie Mark and in, in exchange for Kemba Walker. Um, so again, Chicago getting another name. So that makes Chicago acquired Tobias Harris, Aaron Gordon and now Kemba. Such like a hodgepodge of like decent guys have no idea whether it would work. I'd say this is a clear win for Chicago, though. This is such a clear win for Chicago. Yeah, I think so. Even even if you know you think Markinen, like whatever you think of Markinen as a young guy, I mean Thad Young and Sadoransky are just. Very oh, well, Kemba Walker is a clear all star. You're trading for an all star. Well, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like the the yeah. return you're getting for Kemba is a couple of like you know very replaceable vets in Young and Sadoransky and potential in Markkanen. I'm surprised somewhat that they didn't have to throw in a pick to get Kemba back. Yeah. Unless, I don't know what Kemba's contract is like, but I am guess maybe they were just looking at some sort of salary yeah, fair with enough. some other grand plans in mind. That's going to be like the main thing with a lot of these, just like looking at like clearing space to make free agent runs or... yeah. Like being in the position to absorb contracts to get picks to enter the draft. Uh, next one, Blake Griffin getting traded to the Utah Jazz in exchange for um, TJ we're Leaf. Skip, we're going to skip over Luke Kennard getting traded. I mean, he gets he gets traded multiple times. Oh, okay. Does he? <laughs> Again, I haven't followed this anywhere near as much as you have. Well, yeah, the yeah, well the the trade before that chronologically, um, just of note, is that. Uh, Bojan joins Bogdan in Sacramento. And of course, yeah, Joe Ingles ends up in Indiana. But yeah, the next big name traded is Blake Griffin to Utah for... And I mean, <laughs> this is this is a haul the Pistons get here. It's definitely a haul in that it's a lot of names. Um, so Utah acquires... T, uh, sorry, Detroit acquires TJ Leaf, who was traded in a trade that we don't care about. So TJ Leaf, again, these names aren't going to make sense because it's just, it's a, it's a hodgepodge at this point. So Utah gives up TJ Leaf, Tony Bradley, Ed Davis, Jeremy Lamb, and Doug McDermott, I'm going to assume that is, for Blake Griffin. I love how, like, obviously this was done on a Detroit Pistons forum. Yes. There are those inherent biases of the values of these players. 
I mean, that's just a lot of crap, really, for... Yeah, for Griffin. <laughs> Obviously, it's of... ta- taken the view from Detroit that, like, Griffin is done. And it's just, we've got to get rid of the contract. Yeah. But that, that's sort of what I mean. You, you'll find a lot, like, uh, players that have sort that, of... Yeah. Burn through Detroit have such a lower perceived value rather than someone who uh, obviously Pistons fans have watched from afar and not necessarily seen like their weaknesses or or whatnot had they which they might have if they were playing in Detroit. Well, it's also ironic that Ed Davis gets to Detroit here after everyone like a lot of popular opinion was you know Ed Davis could be signed for like ten percent of what Drummond was earning and do the same job. I. <laughs> It's funny you bring up Ed Davis. I believe they immediately waived him. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, TJ Leaf, I don't know too much about, but I, he doesn't strike me as a like a long-term like high upside gamble. He's just I mean, like, that's the sort of thing yeah. about this package for Griffin. What are you even really getting? Yeah. Just like getting, five guys that you can probably waive. Like, uh, Jeremy Lamb is a decent piece. McDermott, Lamb and McDermott, yeah. I'd probably... Like, and Tony Bradley, I guess, is young, but... Yeah, but I mean, as yeah. a whole, it's just a hodgepodge of. I, I feel yeah. like if the if the Pistons were to dump Blake, um, in real life, I'm obviously going to burn through that phrase um, today. They would get a much better return than that. Well, they'd probably get a pick or two back. You'd hope so. Although it, I guess it depends on the league perception of Griffin being done as well. Oh, of course, but I don't think it's it, I don't think it's worthy of that, to be honest. No. Oh no. Uh, what's the next deal you wanna discuss? Probably probably looking at uh Portland acquiring Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren and the fiftieth pick in exchange for CJ McCollum and Nessie Little. To Indiana. We have to specify who's going where now. Well yeah, sorry, to Indiana. So, yeah, so CJ McCollum I believe is one of the multiple tradees in this exercise does he get thrown around a bit or not uh, you put me on the spot here i cannot remember i did so many of these i cannot remember <laughs> well, but we'll see there are um, a lot of big names that do get i guess passed around yes i think this is really decent value for cj mccollum i'd be like obviously I, i'm not a portland fan so i have no idea what they think of him value wise yeah but just as a neutral on the outside looking at I guess who they're getting back. It's, it's yeah, it's reasonable. I mean, is Brogdon younger than McCollum? I feel like he is. They'd be close if yeah. Regardless, they'd be close. Yeah, I guess the I guess the X factor here is whatever Nasir Little turns out to be. Yeah. But I think it's a worthy. Um, Sorry, I think I phrased that poorly. I meant that you're getting uh, Indiana's getting CJ McCollum reasonably lightly. Ah. I don't think it's too imbalanced. I guess Indiana wins it, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I think it depends on TJ Warren as well. He seems like he has a very uh, wide range of, like, what you're going to get from him. Yep. So I suppose where that sort of lies going forward, similar to Brogdon as well, yep. um, would determine sort of, as as always it does in... Um, when you're looking back at, at real trades. But I guess with Indiana, you're getting a all-star level talent. He, he would be immediately an all-star in the East, yes. And potential. And all you're giving up is like a, a couple of guys that you pretty much know by what you're getting. And it's not... The same I think they're, they're saving money here too. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And they also throw away the 50th pick, because, I mean, who really cares? <laughs> yeah, by that point. I think when you get after, like, the 45th pick in the draft, it's pretty... If you've got, like, one guy that you're zeroing in on, it's not worth trading for it. You just wait until he's an undrafted free agent and just hope that nobody else has got your line of thinking on that. And um, even then, they're probably not going to be that... Like, yeah, well, they're, they're like, not oh, going to well. swing the needle a bit because they're just names on a page at the moment. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. They're not going to be drafted until October now. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, all just a big simulation. Pretty much. Like the world we live in. Uh, next one I wanted to look at is Otto Porter getting yes. traded again, um, this time from Miami to Oklahoma City yep. with Kelly O'Linick and Kendrick Nunn in exchange yeah. for Chris Paul. I really like this for Miami. I did too. I, I wanted Chris Paul to get to Miami sooner than what would be now. But yeah, I still, I still, I like what Miami have done overall in general. But yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Just thinking of him alongside Bam. Yep. It's just all the playmaking. And I, I, again, I haven't looked at their roster. Like their it's roster it's very this. good. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> who they've still got. Well, we'll sort of we'll recap the we'll recap um, what we think of the better teams at the end. But it's yeah. safe to say that Miami will be among those. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of what they've done, and this is a. Would Phoenix be among them? But we'll see. <laughs> no, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one I wanted to look at is Bradley Beal and Eric Gordon getting traded from Washington um, to. The Golden State Warriors in exchange. So this, yeah, so this just looks like pretty much a tank move from yeah, the Wizards. In exchange for Wiggins, Eric Paschal, Kivon Looney, Jordan Poole, the fifth pick, and a future 2020 first, uh, 2021 first, rather. From Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so Washington's getting Minnesota's first round pick next year and the fifth pick this year plus a couple of young guys in exchange for, like, there are only two real contributors left. <laughs> so, yeah, this is definitely a... Although, this is questionable from Washington because they've already given up Rui. Yeah. So then, like, what, what's the go here? If you're going to tank, why don't you just tank with Rui? I feel like there could have been more of a market for Beal as well. Maybe it just didn't materialise with the, the players we had participating in the mock. Yeah. But, like, you'd hope that I guess it really depends on how you view Wiggins. Um, me personally, as an asset, not so much. It's a, it, it's a, even him being on the Warriors doesn't make it a better contract. Um, it's an albatross. It's one of the worst in the league um, until he like does something of note. <laughs> yeah. But it's also interesting from Golden State's perspective because it looks like they've decided they're trying to win again. Well, I mean, I guess the, the, Steph, the, Steph will be Steph. healthy. So, yeah. yeah Steph and They're always in with a so, shot. You know, acquiring Iguodala back and getting... Although, I guess, you now you've got Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, and Clay Thompson. All in yeah, the same well, you, you've got a better version of what they were trying for um, last season with D'Angelo. Yeah, but they did that knowing that Clay Thompson wasn't going to be there. So. Oh, of course, yeah. Although I haven't, I haven't seen if Clay gets traded later on, so I guess we'll find out. No, I don't think you do. I think Golden State remains... Um, fairly so, intact. Yeah, fairly intact and a, a bit more uh, quiet than other teams yep. going forward. Um, next one I wanted to look at was Denver getting Mike Conley 
from Utah in exchange for Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, and Monte Morris, or just because it was a, a notable guy getting traded. I'm I, I'm a big fan of this haul for uh, for Utah. Like it? I'm I'm a huge Jeremy Grant guy. Yeah. Big fan of Jeremy Grant. Big fan of the current Gary Harris. Um, that's a joke that not many people will actually. Get. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I do like that for Utah actually because you're getting out of aging Mike Conley. Um, yeah, so you're getting Harris, who's on. Yeah. Oh, I assume he's an expiring. He'd be around I mean, he, there. He as well didn't have a great season this year, but I think he's capable of more. Monte Morris is a nice point guard, and I think he kind of fits Utah's mold anyway. But Jeremy I mean, Grant, I think, is the X factor in that, that trade. I, I'm like Jeremy Grant, I think, would go anywhere and instantly be like a, at worst, a key reserve who would like, you know, improve the defense. He can stand yeah. in the corner. He's not like a liability on offense. He can hit threes. I think he's improved a lot in his offense the last few years. I, I, big Grant guy over here. He's been pretty good for Denver. Um, I find it interesting that Denver's trading with Utah, just given that they probably. Um, <laughs> Denver's probably vowed never to trade with Utah again, given what Sellers Donovan remorse, Mitchell and yeah. Rudy Gobert. A bit of seller's remorse, yeah. Yeah. So um, was Rudy as well? Yeah. 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 Both uh, draft deals before um, yeah, picks, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just looking over, we could probably skip a few to be honest. Um, you know, just minor deals. Uh, do you want to talk about Dylan Brooks quickly? Oh, the, sure they're, they're not make sure they got the right, right <laughs> Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> I did think about that. Yeah. <laughs> But um, probably the one I wanted to focus in on next was um, the Hawks and the Sixers. So Atlanta and Philly, like I just said. Sorry, you cut out there, mate. Oh, sorry. Um, So the Hawks received Ben Simmons, Al Horford, the 22nd pick, the 49th pick, the 59th pick, and a 2022 first in exchange for Trey Young, John Collins, Cam Reddish, Clint Capella, and the second pick. This is ridiculous. This is, like, what What are, what are Atlanta doing here? The, the Sixers have basically acquired the Hawks' entire core in exchange for Ben Simmons and Al, and Al Horford, who and Al is Horford's on a really contract. bad deal. Yes. This is amazing value from the Sixers. Yeah. Like, regardless of how good you think Simmons is, and obviously we're going to think he's amazing because obvious reasons um oh, he's a baby <laughs> <laughs> i see i, I can't see. believe they got the the second pick the second as well pick as well especially Crazy. considering how overvalued picks are in this exercise it's in like that pick will get some run later on but that is just insane <laughs> as in what it'll get moved around yeah it gets moved around a lot I, I, like just for, just for it to show up in this um i actually know I is this philadelphia first... ruin what they've done with this later on with their other yeah. trades but but just looking at this in a vacuum. Yeah. Why? Trey Young, as much as I like to <laughs> laugh at him, like it's more laughing at the commentary around him and the media yeah. around him. But he is obviously very good. John Collins is a stud. Cam John Reddish, Collins is fantastic. Cam Reddish is a bit, you know, you don't know. It could be just another Andrew Wiggins, really. Cares. Look at this hall. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But it's you like, don't even need him in there for it to be great. If the, if the biggest issue with what you're getting back is Cam Reddish might be like maybe just a young, inefficient guy, then this is great. Yeah. And then just Clint Capella in to be in Bede's backup, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll start him. Oh, well, John Collins as well. You've been playing Collins and Embiid. It's just insane. 
and Trey Young. Well, uh, well Trey Young for now. Yeah, but Trey Young, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah, this is an Atlanta, like the picks they're getting back are just a couple of seconds, a late first and a future first. It's, yeah. Yeah. Very dodgy dealing from Schlenk here. <laughs> um, so probably skip over the next couple. Horford gets dealt again. Gary Harris gets dealt again. Uh, Kevin Love ends up in Memphis. Uh, Covington predictably gets uh, traded. About Kevin Love's value? I, I suppose, yeah. That seems like a real life. Uh, I'm surprised you want to skip over that me. one. Yeah, so Kevin Love gets effectively dumped in Memphis. Yeah. For Jonas Valanciunas and Gorgie Jang. To me, that seems like a sort of deal that would happen if there was maybe a pick with it. Yeah, it's it's similar, I guess, value-wise to what Detroit got for Drummond. Yeah. That's sort of why I was just overlooking it because it just it felt fine. Yeah. Like in this game, in this scenario, if I if I was one of the teams, I'd be looking at love for that price certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the next one I wanted to move on to was another um, absurd deal. So James Harden ends up on the Magic of all places um, with Daniel House, Austin Rivers, and Jerome Robinson in exchange. He gets Yusuf Nurkic. Terence Ross, uh, don't Google Evan Fournier, Markel Fultz, Kobe White, a 2022 first with top 10 protection, and a 2024 first with top 10 protection. Protection, like what? Like I know, like it's you're trying to be realistic, but in this exercise, protections mean nothing. They mean nothing, but they do sort of determine the value of the picks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's easy to just say to someone, "Oh, yeah, I won't do the protections because like, why, why do they matter?" Like you said. Yeah, but they do somewhat change yeah. the value. But yeah, what do you what do you think about this one? Um, I mean, it's a decent haul for Harden. I, I don't think the Rockets would ever trade Harden. Um, uh, it's a decent haul of names, but again, I don't think any it all adds up really to be anywhere close to what he's probably worth. No, no, certainly not. And not in addition to players, obviously they're to match salaries, but you're still getting extra extra bodies here. Yeah, I don't think there's there's anyone really that Houston are getting. Um, obviously, the the first the, the the problem with receiving first in exchange for Harden is you're trying to make those picks to get someone as good as Harden, and it's just unrealistic. Well, that, that that's, the, that's that's trading anyone for a first yeah. in general. Um, um, the the only reason Houston would ever make a trade like this is because Harden is what thirty thirty one now. It, it this is basically an end of the timeline, blow it up trade. And this is like Harden there. wants out. He's he's not going to re-sign sort of yeah. deal. This is yeah. getting something for him. And I mean, Kobe White and Fultz are, are nice young guards. Uh, Nurkic is just there, I guess, for money reasons. Yeah, Tenet sure. All, the, all those guys are sort of okay, but they pale in comparison to the value of Harden. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel House. I think that like we've sort of... <laughs> like we've sort of said, this exercise... Uh, devalues superstars somewhat. Yes. As in the way that... Uh, well, they're thrown around left, right, and centre. They're thrown around, and it's, it, it's it a lot of it's up to trade. preference. Well, yeah, do you want to move on to the next one? Another... Yeah, so we said Philadelphia was going to ruin what they did for Ben Simmons, and they've started here. As much as I am a huge, huge De'Aaron Fox fan, Sacramento receives Trey Young and the second pick for De'Aaron Fox and a future first from Philadelphia. Sacramento. Amazing. Like, I cannot 
stress enough how much I love the Iron Fox. Yeah. But what the hell are you doing, Philadelphia? This is one of the best trades I've ever seen, like, just straight-up steals. It's, it, there's been a robbery. Yeah, this yeah. is... I don't think there's much more to say about it. It's, it's just... Like, Philadelphia wow. did so well. They traded Ben Simmons for, like, five amazing things, and then they just dumped two of them for, again, a very nice guard, but... <laughs> well, I think the Sixers still come out on top from the Atlanta deal. Where they gave up Ben Simmons, but they're effectively, yeah, it's effectively yeah. Ben Simmons for Fox, a future first, Collins, Reddish, and Capella. Yeah, they sort of like dented what they could have had. But there. again, yeah, vac- vacuum. Yes, it's an awful, awful <laughs> deal, awful. Um, moving on, Drew Holiday ends up on the Spurs, which I I can see in real life happening. Big fan. I I like this deal in the sense that New Orleans grab. Aldridge and DeJounte Murray and the 11th pick. Yeah, so Drew Holiday ends up on the Spurs along with JJ Redick, pick 7, pick 47, and a top 10 protected 21 first for Aldridge, yeah, DeJounte Murray and the 11th. I think that's a fairly even trade. Yeah, I think it's decent. I I think Spurs win it a little bit because they get Holiday and the 7th. Yeah, fair. Um, I think you're not complaining if you're New Orleans, though. No, because they're, they're getting out of well, actually, what's Reddick signed on? I, uh, I'm i blanking. Yeah, so I don't know what Reddick's deal is like, but I'm guessing there's some sort of get-out motivation there. Um, but even Holiday, I think, doesn't have that much money left on his deal either, or years. So I know you're a big fan of Holiday. Uh, <laughs> when he was signed to his current deal in New Orleans, I think I tweeted that it's it was um like they were tying themselves up a little bit. Jeez, I, I've eaten my words and then someone holiday. Uh, he's probably my, like, like a, the top three point guard in the league just in terms of my favoritism towards him. I'm I remember big holiday he, guy. When he was signed, it was sort of like, um, wow, that's a big figure, but New Orleans had to do it. Yeah. And yeah. now it's, uh, yeah, I was trying to get into the Pistons in the last trade deadline. Trying to like think of some way, then it's not going to happen. Like we don't have. It's, it's always when we're to- when you're talking, whenever you're talking about hypothetical Pistons trade, it's always Drew Holiday. It's always Drew Holiday or D'Angelo Russell. It's one of those two. Yeah, I think generally I'd Russell much, much a couple of years ago. Much rather Drew Holiday. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Um, but no, I'm a huge. Like, as much as I said, I'm a big Darren Fox guy. Big Drew Holiday guy. You're just just favouring all the Drew guys. Sorry? You got, you got many guys. I have many. Five guys. <laughs> I have at least five guys, yes. I Again, for Bucks reasons, I'd like to look at the next one. Okay. Um, so, so Milwaukee receives... I, you can go through it. Yeah, the Bucks get Spencer Dinwiddie and slow-mo Kyle Anderson in exchange for... I'm not sure whether... Is he is Gadurich in the league, or it's just the rights, the mythical rights to... I think it's the mythical rights. So this, this is a four-team trade. So yeah, so Brooklyn get change for. Yeah, Brooklyn get him. Anymore. Bledsoe, the forty-fourth pick, a twenty-twenty-one Golden State second rounder, a twenty-twenty-one Portland second, and then uh, San Antonio are reunited with George Hill. They get Garrett Temple and the fortieth pick. Garrett Temple as well. Yeah, I was I was trying to think whether he'd been on the team. It felt right. Um, and then sure Memphis. Either, yeah, it, he seems like a Spurs guy. Memphis are reunited with Rudy Gay. 
not a good reunion. I just in again from the Bucks. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking up Garrett Temple's history, but yeah, like, like Dinwiddie like is marginally better than Bledsoe, but then I, you're giving I, up George Hill as well. Yes, Temple is a Spurs guy, and Kyle Anderson is fine. I mean, but I, I wouldn't like the, go. I wouldn't go out of my way this, to get him. Yeah. The Bucks do this deal, hoping that the league lets Dinwiddie's contract get crowdfunded. <laughs> For the minimum. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Again, I, I understand if you've, if you've been given the bucks in... You've effectively given up to your, your whole point guard rotation for Spencer Dinwiddie. This is the sort of deal that makes Giannis rethink whether he should sign the Supermax. <laughs> um, but I, I understand if you're given the bucks in this mock draft like there's not really a lot to do other than just pick your minimum yeah. guys but it probably doesn't mean you should go ahead and pull this um not and a massive right. fan they did fine getting Thibel regardless of what you think of Divincenzo I think that was like a it's a fine move but um yeah for me it's is... soured just by Dante's ceiling well what yeah well I guess it depends on what you think about his ceiling versus Thibel's ceiling oh, of course I think uh Thibel is much uh his sort of value is, is much more known. He's a much more known commodity throughout the league than Dante's is, which is sort of wild to think about considering that Dante plays on the Bucks. Um, in the league, what, two years now? The best team in basketball. Um, but nice. yeah. So do you want to move on to the next trade? Yeah, we'll move on to the next one. So Donovan Mitchell is... I, he's dumped, really. Well, the, the second pick. Yeah, but this is... Like, so Utah receives Darius Garland, the second, the 43rd, and a future first. And Sacramento gets Donovan Mitchell and... Oh, jeez. Um, Mie One. Mie One? Okay. Yeah. I'd, never, I'd never heard of him before, so I wasn't sure. Big fan. Um, yeah, so... The reason I have issues with this from Utah's perspective is... For A, I don't think it's good value for Donovan at all. But... Based on what else they've done in the off-season, it, it looks like they're trying to win now. And then they go and pull this. Because they've, they've acquired Al Horford before in a trade that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Um, it, it, and they reacquire Gordon Haywood. And they get rid of Mike Conley for a couple of young guys that I've already forgotten who they were because there's just so many trades now. But I think... I, I'm, I'm just questioning, I guess, the, the what the vision is here. Oh, and think... they also got Blake Griffin. To your point... Um, watch the space, I think. Um, yeah, I, I feel like as Utah... In, as in what's to come, yeah. Yeah, so Utah was run by, I guess, what would you call him? The Mark Tatum of the league <laughs> of this, for this season? Yeah. yeah, so I guess he was the um, the guy who was, like, helping Ryan, who's the guy running it, he was helping him out, co-commissioner or deputy or whatever. He was definitely one of the more active tradees. He was the most by far. Like every third or fourth trade is Utah. Yeah, so every time I would um just see what the league interest was for like any of my guys he, within like two minutes, Scott's in there. <laughs> Utah, um, would Scott's, you like someone from Utah? I uh, look at the sheets and I'd go, oh, not really. <laughs> but he he did make me think a couple of times, but in the end, I just decided not to pull the trigger. Yeah, but I'll talk about my trade strategy at the end. I mean, to me, it's not terrible value. I, 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 that's where I disagree. I, I, I'm not sold on Garland. And this, again, it's the same thing we were talking about with 
trading Harden in terms of like you're trading Donovan for the second pick, hoping to get someone as good as Donovan. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Kevin Love goes on the move again. Yeah, moved again. This time to Charlotte for Corey Joseph. <laughs> Blake Griffin moved again. And, and the second, and the second pick moved again. So this is Utah again. So Utah gives up Blake Griffin second and 26. Uh, and this is this this screams money to me. Um, so they Utah re, uh, gets back uh, Evan Fournier, T- uh, Terrence Ross, PJ Tucker, and then pick 9, 18, and 37. That seems like uh, Utah just trying to get out of Griffin's contract. I think half the league... Ends up trying to get out of Blake Griffin's contract. <laughs> uh, but the next trade is an interesting one. In that it involves Russell Westbrook. Again. <laughs> Again. So Russell Westbrook goes to his hometown Clippers. Along with Admiral Schofield and... And... And Jez... Jezniks. Jezniks. Yeah. Um, I'm very sorry to all my, my Latvians out there. <laughs> is he even Latvian? I think he is. Okay, Latvian or Lithuanian, one of those two. Uh, Pesheznik's, yes. And Washington gets back Pat Bev, Lou Williams, basically all of the Clippers bench. Avica Zubat, Jamichael Green, Terrence Mann. Um, is it Mafondu Kabengale? Yeah, that sounds right. And the 56 pick. I, I I love this just because of the brashness to to roll the dice on Westbrook, Westbrook Kawhi and poor George. Yep, it's awesome. Yeah, oh, I I love it for Clippers in that it's just going to be drama. Admiral Schofield just tearing up the locker obviously, room. The, <laughs> obviously the the whole Westbrook Paul George reunion. Although yeah. I don't feel like they had the bad blood of the. No, department. I don't. I don't think so at all. Um, uh, yeah, I think that was more. Just poor George, like poor George, was requesting to go home rather than the whole Kevin Durant thing. But anyway, yeah, well, it's certainly paled in comparison to that and what the media beat it up as. Um, yeah, whether uh, it was a, serious yeah. or not. Yeah, a stack of minor trades, you know. I think uh, Lou Williams and Pat Dev end up on uh, Utah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's the next one. But yeah, so obviously a couple of minor trades, you know, Tyus Jones to the Kings for Rashawn Holmes. Isaac Bonga to the Sixers for Mike Scott. Uh, yeah, Utah <laughs> acquiring Pat Bev and Lou Williams for Fournier, 24 and 43. So that, that's a bit of a win now move. Yeah. But they, they go both ways, Utah. I feel they do win now moves and they do future moves, which I guess isn't the worst strategy to have. But at the same time, the the moves that they're making are just so drastic, and that's the whole nature of this exercise anyway, so it's fine. I think knowing that you can make 50 trades in this means that you're much more flexible to make deals, to make future deals. Like what, what, what's going to happen? You're not going to get a phone call from Dobbs Mitchell saying, yeah, bro, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the next trade I want to talk about is this blockbuster here. Philadelphia received the 58th pick from Toronto in exchange for the rights to Vasilye Majic. I think that's an absolute earth shatterer. It's a steal. It's a free pick. In fairness, like so, there are some trades like this where it's just basically shuffling of the deck chairs. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there are a lot during the when we get to the, the part that uh, coincides with the draft. There's a lot of just pick picks yeah. flying yeah. off the wall. Um, but obviously, the next one we're going to touch on 
Yes. Uh, Denver receives Jarrett Allen, Karis Levert, DeAndre Jordan, the 20th pick, the 55th pick, and a 2022nd first in exchange for Nikola Jokic. Your thoughts? Well, I'd, I'd say in a vacuum, it's pretty decent value for Jokic. Yes. But when you take into account style of play and all that sort of stuff, I don't really know what Denver's doing. But in terms of, I guess, who are they getting back, Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, it's, it's an excellent haul. I, I love it for Brooklyn in the sense that, obviously not knowing how the fit works with Jokic and Durant and Kyrie, but the fact that they could trade for someone like Jokic without trading Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And, well, that's yeah, like you said, from Denver's point of view, like Jokic is your core guy. Um, you really got to hope that Jared Allen or Karis LeVert are, are all-stars for this deal. Well, the good thing is that Jokic has drafted 40-something for whatever, so they've got they've got one chance to get it with the 20th. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Actually, two chances with the 22nd first. But yeah, so I think as a haul for Jokic, it's, it's decent-ish. Um, it wouldn't happen in real life, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Not, um, not for a player of Jokic's importance to a franchise. No, it's a I realistic, guess, it's a realistic if it ever deal came, Yeah, if it ever came around that they needed to trade him, yeah. This would be like the level of value I would expect them to get back. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, there's a couple of low-level starters shuffling deck chairs here. More Utah trades. More Utah trades. Yeah, see, there's, I think that's our first trade that doesn't involve a player. Just, sorry, uh, Chicago getting 18 and 30 for a couple of futures from Utah. Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart goes to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> So that Garland ends up in Boston. Yeah, Garland ends up in Boston. So it's Terrence Ross. Uh, you know, Valanciunas ends up in Orlando for uh, some spare parts from Cleveland. Pick swaps. Uh, the next one here, Blake Griffin ending up in Dallas. Again, half the league trying to get out of that deal. <laughs> this is where he stays, thankfully. Okay, um, so I don't... Uh, actually, I'm questioning the rationale for both teams here. Yeah. So Dallas receives Blake Griffin, Mark Hill, Fultz, and the 26th from Houston in exchange for Paul Zingas, Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. I, I like what Dallas have done overall, but I, I, I think Houston win this trade. Um, pretty much the, the core of the Mavs minus Luka they're getting in exchange for Blake Griffin. Fultz and As in the core of the Mavs being Paul Zingas. Oh, well, Hardaway Jr. has been excellent this season. Maxi Kleber's pretty I'm, good. Finney Smith is better, better than you would expect. You're a big Kleber guy, aren't you? I mean, I'm not a huge Kleber guy, but I respect his abilities. I, I swear you once said that your playstyle was modelled on Maxi Kleber. <laughs> oh, well, you once called me a glorified Al Horford, so... Shut up. <laughs> never I, never I, live I, that I, down. I misspoke that. <laughs> <laughs> your peril. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, in general, I, I like what the Mavs have done overall, but I, th I think the Rockets have, have done really well here, just considering how, how much Blake has been passed around the league. <laughs> um, this, this is the best value, I, I think, back for yeah. Blake. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, Fultz and 26 add to that, but uh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we've got De Vincenzo getting moved again, which must break your heart. I mean, once once it was done the first time, I'm out. That's it. <laughs> uh, Jamarco Green ending up in New York for Nilakina. Uh, the second pick getting moved again. It's, it's unbelievable the second pick just keeps moving. So the second pick, along with Tim Hardaway, Kleber and Brunson, go to Washington. Then Houston get 5-43, Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Wiggins just kind of thrown away in that one. Yeah. Uh, Terence Ferguson goes to Brooklyn for the Eastern European brothers of Karuks and Musa. I think that's a great deal for Brooklyn. Yeah. I like I like Karuks and Musa, but T Ferg and 25 is pretty good value for those two. I feel like, that, yeah, that both of those guys are better than either of the... Sorry, both of those, as value would be better than Karuks and Musa. Yeah. Uh, just Mike Scotting up in Brooklyn. Orford gets traded again. Orford gets traded again. Danny Utah. Green, Danny Green gets traded again. Uh, Green to Utah, sorry. Yeah, JaVale to Utah. Time Lord to Utah. Yep. Wendell Carter Jr. gets traded from Portland to Toronto. I, I must have missed when he got traded the first time in <laughs> Chicago. Um, you know, Pat McCaw in two trades in a row here. Yep, just getting flipped. Yeah, just deck chairs. Stephen Adams ends up in Cleveland in a three-teamer. Then he gets flipped in the next deal. (laughs) Would you want to talk about these two then? I mean, I don't think there's a lot to talk about in the first one, to be honest. Um, Okay, well, just as a preface, so Stephen Adams goes to Cleveland. OKC gets Rudy Gay and Gorgie Jang, and Memphis gets Felicio. And then, yes, Cleveland flips Stephen Adams and Kevin Porter Jr. uh, to Chicago. And Cleveland returns Zach Levine, Ken Birch, and Luke Cornett. It's so, a, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Levine, but I think it's a decent, um, yeah, decent get for Cleveland. Yeah, because obviously Adams isn't on their timeline at all. No. Giving up Kevin Porter Jr., I guess it's he's not like a young guy. You're really gonna, I don't think, lose too much sleep over. Obviously, there's always a risk with a young guy that they'll blow up. Well, as 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 a Bucks fan, having technically traded away Kevin Porter Jr., I'm not le- I'm not losing a lot of sleep over him at the moment anyway. Um, as a Pistons fan, also having technically traded away <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr., I'm also not losing sleep over. Him. Yeah, so there, there you go. We we actually tra- you just traded away the pick. We actually traded away the player. Were they, I would, did did the Pistons even make the pick, or was it? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, so I think uh, I think he was officially drafted by the Cavs. Hmm. But yeah. Like, he's not like it, it's at, at this fine. point like, in time. It's it's he plays not. a bit. He's got an unusual style though. He like mid ranges a lot. He's had, he's had good games. He's had standout games. Oh, he said uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, he was officially selected by the Bucks. There you go. Did not know that. I don't think you did either. <laughs> oh well, I mean, because the trade hadn't gone through. The trade yeah. was already agreed. Was agreed in principle. To, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's sort of the that's a one of the last archaic things about the NBA, but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the NFL does it so much better. Oh, yeah. Even, even in isolation, the NFL did it so much better. Yeah, well, what's the next one? There's, uh, see, this is, I'm guessing, during the actual draft. There's just a lot of nothing really going on here. Well, it's uh, Milwaukee trade Kyle Anderson and Robin Lopez, a 2022 second and a 2023 second for Kelly Olenek. What is this? Where are we going here? 
And oh, oh yeah. I guess I don't know. I, I like Kenley Handelick, but maybe not on the Bucks. I don't know. <laughs> the next I'm one out I want to stage. Yeah, yeah the, next, <laughs> the next one I wanted to talk about was um Minnesota getting Zach Collins for Josh Kogi. Not that there's and, much to talk about. It's just one of the the last like a half. Yeah, because we're, uh, we're, we're nearly at the end of our trade recap here. Future Hall of Famer, Jake Lehman. Yes. Comparable only to Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, did, he, did, he, did he use a quote? Oh, well, I think it was, oh, there was something Lehman at the beginning of his career where he was only playing so many minutes and he was scoring like the most points per minute in NBA history. Yeah, right. something. It was something like that. But yeah, yeah it was yeah. like Lehman and Jordan yeah. uh, via ESPN stats and info. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was, yeah, that was a couple of years. I hadn't thought about that for a long time. But then, yeah, there's a lot of uh, draft picks getting swapped around here. Yes. Uh, Horford gets moved again. <laughs> this time to Memphis. If, if you've got a big contract that people just um, don't want to eat, Al you are Horford going gets, to get moved. Al Horford got moved for a 2026 first. <laughs> and Felicio. How, how, how much older is Al Horford than the 2026 first? <laughs> Um, well, that guy, he'd be born in like what 2006, we'll say 2005. Yeah. Oh, Horford was he'd be like 30 years older than him. Sorry, 20 <laughs> years old, 20 years older than about 20 years older. Yeah, Al Horford was almost in the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he was drafted in 07, so that that trade there to me is one of the like Memphis did great in that one, to be honest. Like, as they much also, as I've, I bag so Memphis, Horford, so yeah, so Memphis gets Horford. Yeah. For Felicio on a twenty twenty six first, but they also get Darius Basley and Anthony Simons. I love Anthony Simons; he's really good. And I feel like because I tried to get Brandon Clark, and I don't think Memphis bit. No. So the fact that they've held on to so Memphis really just traded away a lot of their um, like just scraps, but they obviously kept Jar, kept Jaron Jackson, kept Clark, and then you add a couple of these young guys like Basley and Simons, and then an actual vet. In Horford. They, they were very active in free agency as well. Yeah, I feel like Memphis will do well in the 2K sim. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the last, I guess, blockbuster. Just quickly going through. Uh, maybe not the last blockbuster. One of the last we'll probably talk uh, about. It, Luke Kennard gets traded again, so that's a blockbuster. Oh, okay, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> but yes, Damian Lillard. Portland, what are you doing? So it finally pays off for Utah. They land Damian Lillard. So Lillard in exchange for just an absolute smorgasbord of average. So Portland receives Thomas Sadoransky, Danny Green again, Lou Williams, a Minnesota 2021 first, a Chicago 2021 first, a Sacramento 2021 first, and a Boston 2021 first. I think it, Portland sort of traded. Seems, yeah, so this sort of seems, um, well, A, Portland's obviously tearing it down. Yeah, well, they'd, they'd already traded CJ. CJ, Zach Collins, let's see a little, yeah. you know, cornerstones of the franchise. This, this to me, reminds me a little bit of what um, Indiana got for Paul George. Yes, yes. Just, Just a, a lot of future a picks. A lot of picks, yeah. And like... Shout out to Utah. We've we've clowned them a bit here, but after 58 deals, they've themselves in the position to, to trade absolutely nothing <laughs> for Dame Lillard. Were a bit average, average, but then they, 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 <laughs> they're finally, they're, they're batting one for 58, but the, the, the last swing was a home run, so well done to Utah. 
Um, then again, there's not much here. DJ Wilson gets moved for an exception. DJ Wilson minutes. got moved a lot, and then <laughs> he then he went unsigned. It was a really bad summer for him. The two men. Did he get waived? Did he? Yeah, he got waived. Yeah. But Tim ends up in Washington, and he gets bought out. Yeah, he gets bought out for 21 of 27 million. Tim's the only buyout we have in this yep. year's exercise. Which it makes uh, sense. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nilakina goes to Washington, uh, to Memphis for a best-of pick swap. Um, just a couple of averages. Uh, Utah again. They, they, they've still made a couple of trades after, and I think they're still going now, even while we're recording this. <laughs> yes. But Utah acquires Tim Hardaway Jr., so that's a decent get. Yep. Um, but they do give up Time Lord. I think the one before that is pretty notable. Uh, Indiana getting DeRozan. Oh, sorry, and, I, do, and I Patty didn't Mills. even see. I, yeah, sorry, I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go back to that one. Yeah, so Indiana gets DeRozan and Patty Mills for um, from San Antonio for Terry Rozier and Cody Zeller. And I don't, I don't hate Rozier, um, but... It's, it's surely a money move. Yeah, it's a, it has to be a money the, move. The value does not match up. But yeah, it's a, it's got to be a money move. It's like a money move from both sides, actually. Yeah. Obviously, Indiana not wanting to keep paying Rozier and then Santana getting out of DeRozan's deal. I think Indiana still... Uh, regardless of those implications, I think Indiana come off much better. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because yeah. Mills is a guy who's just not going to stop producing and he's cheap depending on what you, uh, Indiana's, I guess, timeline is. Uh, he gets, I'm sorry, he gets moved again. I've just seen. <laughs> but yeah, so Utah gets Tim Hardaway Jr. OKC gets Beverly and Robert Williams, all-time lord. And Washington gets Rudy Gay and a future second. Utah, another nice piece added to them. Yeah. I, I like Hardaway Jr. I think he's really turned it around this year, yeah. playing in Dallas. I People like the joke on him because he re-signed with the Knicks for stupid money, but... Wouldn't have taken that though. Like oh, you would have been, no, awesome. yeah, would have been Nolan's Noel level of stupid not to take that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jabari Parker ends up in Charlotte. Rest in uh, peace. Michael Jordan goes to sorry, Jake Lamb and goes to OKC <laughs> for Zan and Musa. Uh, Patty Mills ends up in Memphis, gets moved with the twenty twenty first swap. That's nice. That's that nice. Patty, Patty Mills in Memphis is nice. But I, I like. <laughs> Huge Fox guy, huge Holiday guy, huge Rashawn Holmes guy. So He's your gets... second favourite player behind Drew Holiday. He is. How many times did you try to acquire him in this as Rich the Suns? Holmes. Yeah. Um, oh, like, well, I tried like once or twice. Oh. I didn't, like, I realised that I wasn't going to, wasn't going to get him. So I was like, uh, I might. Oh, you know, I've just seen he gets traded, he gets traded twice in like two deals. <laughs> I've got a glut of guards, so I might still try. I don't need a center. Uh, but yeah, so Rashawn Holmes and Frank Nilakina to Indiana for Mills in a 2021 first. That's, I think that's pretty good value for Indiana. Yeah. The first is a bit questionable. Um, but uh, a swap, hope... again, future pick, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah future. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Rashawn Holmes gets moved along with Luke Kennard, who's another top five NBA player in my heart. But I'm, I'm, I was talking about non-Pistons, so yeah, that's where like the holidays and the Foxes and the Rashawn Holmes come in. Um, Indiana gets Jackson Hayes, Kevin Porter Jr., and I've got to question the legality of this one. RJ Hampson, I'm assuming he's unsigned. Well, I think it happened after the the draft in in the timeline. So that's what I'm saying. So I thought you can draft someone, but if you haven't signed them, you can still trade them? Yeah, because you can trade the rights to them. Yeah. 
So I guess yeah, that's fine. I mean, it was approved. I'm just I'm yeah. just admin, mate. Yeah, um, <laughs> look, I just work here. That deal specifically, I well, that's like it for Chicago. That's the last deal we've got so far. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a fan for the Bulls getting Kennard and Sean Holmes. Like, obviously, you give up Hayes, he, he's okay. We've talked about KPJ and RJ Hampton. I think he ended up being, like, the 20th pick. We'll talk about the draft and where RJ Hampton came from in a second. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, that, that concludes our trade recap. Well, we'll move straight into the draft, I guess. RJ, to, RJ Hampton. We've got me to talk about that. the Suns trade strategy. I mean, you... We'll, we'll talk about the Suns at the end, because okay. you didn't make a trade. Um, Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks. <laughs> couldn't even put your foot in the water. Um, <laughs> okay, so obviously the draft was simulated. Um, sorry, the lottery was simulated. So Golden State had the best odds. So Golden State, Cleveland, and Minnesota all had 14% chance. Uh, the lottery ended up that Cleveland got number one. Rigged. <laughs> um, the big movers were Atlanta, New York, and well, the only movers were Cleveland, Atlanta, New York, and Detroit all moving up. So New York moved up from six to three, Atlanta from four to two, and Detroit from five to four. Golden State, the big losers, going from two to five, Minnesota going from three to six, and then oh, well, Golden State technically from one one to five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, one to five. What did I say? Two to five. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, one to five. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, seventh pick to Chicago, Charlotte with eight, Washington nine, the Phoenix Suns at 10, San Antonio 11, Sacramento 12, New Orleans 13, and Portland 14. So that's the lottery. I think we better preface it here that certainly from my point of view, um, and now knowing that the draft isn't going to be for another how many months, two, three months, I have little to no... Idea slash takes on uh, many, if any, of the current crop, the draft class itself. Yeah, I've got nothing for you. Of which I, I know you share that sort of sentiment. So we'll probably go through it fairly quickly, but just pick out a couple of the more. Especially the tenth pick. <laughs> the, the more, pick. the more notable names. Yeah. So um, well, so obviously, so the first overall pick um, to Cleveland was Anthony Edwards. From Georgia, I feel like has he even been spoken about as a potential number one? Uh, again, I don't even. I go for the Bucks, mate. I don't, I don't even need to look at the, the first overall pick with the peasants. <laughs> I don't need to tune into the draft for like the I first two like, hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. I feel like yeah. I, the, out of all the names that have been mooted at number one, he hasn't come up anywhere near as much as like you know the James Wisemans or the Lamellos or the Killian Hayes so on and so forth. Um, speaking of Lamelo, I know you'll have takes on Lamelo. Of course. So Lamelo goes second overall to Minnesota from Illawarra in the NBL represent yeah. South, South Coast. Had a pretty good season in the NBL. Obviously um, left early. Yeah, which sort of looks... It looks bad, but at the same time, once like Illawarra had like nothing to play for, there's really no point in him jeopardizing his stock with injury or I was more talking about the fact that he hasn't played since, like, January, and now he's not going to get drafted until October. Oh, that too. But, yeah, that was obviously completely unforeseeable. But, yeah, he had a, it, was, it was big to get him down for the NBL. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of tape of him against professionals. He's, he's a legitimate player at the very least. 
I, I definitely think he outperformed Hampton in the NBL. I, I think rather rather easily at the at the same at the same time. If RJ Ham if the roles had been reversed and RJ Hampton was on Illawarra, I think he would have looked slightly better. In that, because what Mello had the ball more. Yeah, I think Illawarra would Illawarra set up more thing. as a showcase for Lamelo. Yeah. Certainly Illawarra after like the first yeah. couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of so Lamelo was on the Illawarra Hawks. Who were the other imports with him on the Hawks? Josh Boone. Uh, Aaron um, Brooks was there initially. Aaron, that's right. Oh, that was sad. What happened, to Aaron? So Aaron Brooks tore yeah. his Achilles. Achilles. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, tore his, and he was looking pretty good. For, for Illawarra, he was actually, I think we clowned the signing a little bit, like, oh, it's, it's, I don't know why Illawarra was going for him, he's a bit past it, but he actually played pretty well. Unfortunately, um, he missed that easy two-hand dunk after Lamelo um, broke somebody's ankles, and so it got replayed That was Josh mil- Boone, millions of times. Yeah, that was Josh Boone. I, th- I was talking about Aaron Brooks, so I don't know. Oh, why. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think Aaron Brooks can dunk, so... I thought you were talking about clowning, uh, clowning, clowning the Josh Boone because I heard a lot about that. Like, why are they signing Josh Boone? Oh, yeah. But, no, I was talking about Aaron Brooks. Yeah. But no, Aaron Brooks was playing really well before he tore his Achilles. Uh, Josh Boone, I think, came on later in the season, but at the start it was a bit questionable. Um, they, they ended up with. I'm not sure whether he played with Lamelo, but they ended up with former uh, Milwaukee Buck Darrington Thompson, who was just. <laughs> Awful. No, doesn't doesn't he Awful. doesn't he run the lottery? Yeah, doesn't he work that, that's an that's a completely niche reference. And <laughs> congratulations to anybody that picks it up. Um, yes. That's that's Darrington Hobson of Ernest and Young. Um, but yeah, back to the draft. Uh, yeah, so uh, third pick is Killian Hayes, who plays for Race Show Farm Ulm in Germany. He went to New York. Fourth pick, uh, Detroit selected Denny Avija. From Maccabi Tel Aviv, so the f- four out of uh, three of the first four picks have been um, internationals. If we taken over again all. after after a lean year, we're taken back over. You know, it's, if we include Lamelo as an international for this purpose, yeah, we will. We're <laughs> claiming any and all except for Kyrie Irving. Uh, but but I do know um, Detroit fans really want Killian Hayes. I think there's a large Killian Hayes movement. He's a, f- I think he's French. I think. Uh, among a lot of team fan bases, there's a big movement for him. I don't think it's quite as strong as the Doncic hype. No, well, Doncic was the yeah. like the most proven international prospect ever. Yeah, and well, anybody that yeah. tries to pat themselves on the back for saying, oh, I was early on Doncic. No, everybody was. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I've seen a lot of Detroit fans, because I think the consensus is they'll look for a point guard. I've seen a lot of them wanting Killian Hayes. I feel like, I feel like the Pistons will end up with Lamelo. It just seems like destiny at this point. <laughs> Shut up! Just, <laughs> I don't. Want, I like Lamelo, but I don't want him for Detroit. Um, Detroit drafts Danny Avija. I don't know anything about him. Fourth, uh, Houston picks Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State at fi- at five. Uh, I think the presumed number one pick for a lot of the season. Just college season just gone. James Wiseman from Memphis didn't even play a game, I don't think, in the end. Um, so he hasn't played basketball in about four years now. He goes sixth to Washington. Do anything on him? Not particularly. Although I think he did play at least a handful of games for Memphis. I remember there sort of being hype around that. But again... Because um... he was effectively... He was 
eventually um, ruled ineligible. Yeah, I think he the... ended up playing two or three games. Um, yeah. Reasonably impressive games, but it certainly wasn't like a, as like you're talking about uh, the presumed number one pick. It's certainly nowhere near like a Zion hype. No. Was he ineligible for academic or money reasons? Uh, again, you're asking Why the, don't the you wrong know? people here. <laughs> you're the researcher here. I'm just the presenter. <laughs> Uh, Isaac Okoro from Auburn went seventh to San Antonio. Alexei Pokosevsky uh, went eighth to Charlotte. Uh, Sadiq Bay ninth to Oklahoma City from Villanova. You're a Big Ten, uh, Big Ten. What am I saying? You're a Big East watcher. I mean, you, you didn't even you went to a school in the conference and you didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I think we'll just sort of fast forward through the next couple. We'll just pick out. Uh, Obi Toppin, uh, I believe. Wait, well, hang on, wait, we're skipping over my pick? Are you serious? Mate, you didn't even, it got auto-picked. Shut no one needs to know that. <laughs> so, so the draft, I have to say this, they started the draft at about 3am local time here, and I woke up to a DM on Twitter from Ryan Caldwell saying, oh, you're on the clock. It was about 4.30, and I think the agreed time limit was two hours before you'd be auto-picked. If you were if you thought you weren't going to be around for your draft pick, you could email Ryan or Scott, who's the co-commissioner, a big board of like prospects that you liked, and then they would just auto-pick the first available one if you went around. I forgot to do that. I also didn't so think that they'd get through like the first 10 picks in about an hour. It's your own fault. It is it is my own fault, and I take full responsibility. So I ended up getting auto-picked, um, and I got Onyeka Okongwu, who's a forward slash center from USC, notably played with LaMelo at Chino Hills. That's um, all you know about him. <laughs> that is all I know about him. And but moving I on. A, I had a quick look at him on like college reference, and he seems like a decent guy that you could probably play next to DeAndre Ayton. Um, but, but yeah, I don't really know anything else. Potentially could hit the three, three and D from like the power forward. He said, hopefully. It's but nice yeah. to see that you are committed to this exercise. Oh, I just forgot, all right? Just sue me. Without me, there wouldn't be an exercise. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, yeah, as I was saying, so uh, Obi Toppin, the Obi Toppin. National College Player of the Year, falls to 15 to New Orleans. To New Orleans, yep. Uh, another player we know, Josh Green, out of Arizona, goes 17th to Chicago. I'd say, joins... that's, I'd say Josh Green's probably on the higher... So yeah, I, I think so, I think compared to mocks like, that we've seen. Yeah. yeah, I'd say this is like at the higher end of his range. Yeah. Yeah, based on what, yeah, what I've seen. Also, it, it says he, you've got him as a guard slash forward. Does he play the three at Arizona? I just copied this off, uh, again, like asking questions I have no idea. <laughs> just, well, I, mean, I, I think he projects into the NBA more as a shooting guard. Yeah. But yeah, Josh uh, Green joins RJ yeah. Hampton in Chicago, who gets picked 18th. So back-to-back picks for Chicago, Josh Green, RJ Hampton. And uh, where was RJ Hampton playing before he got drafted? (laughs) Yes, I saw in the thread when he got drafted that he was announced as uh, playing somewhere in Australia. So um, Could not be more wrong. (laughs) New Zealand notable uh, (laughs) state of Australia. Effectively. (laughs) Could not be, like, probably the most most wrong thing that could have been said. (laughs) Uh, just moving on quickly, Bucks get Cole Anthony at 19. I think uh, that's a bit of a fall for Anthony. 
again, no clue. Based on what I've seen. <laughs> Denver take Theo Mulden on at uh, 20. And then uh, I guess yeah, yeah, Nico Mannion goes 25. And you thought I wasn't going to pull out a Marcus Johnson reference. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but <no>. Every time. <laughs> Nico Mannion's dad. Oh, Pace he, he, Mannion played Pace. for the Bucks. Is his dad Italian? I have no clue, but I would assume so because that's how he, uh, or he would have like a citizenship, or there's connection because that's how MPACE Nico is going to end up on the Italian national team. Hopefully next to Dante DiVincenzo. But yes, I was searching, was searching really hard for a link to Marcus Johnson. <laughs> and this was the closest I was going to get just by saying that his dad played for the Bucks, but unfortunately it was like two or three years too late for Marcus Johnson. Aww. So there we go. Uh, but he did get to play next to like Sidney Moncrief and Paul Pressey. Um, but, but not Marcus Johnson. So but not Marcus Johnson. But, link but is I, tenuous at best. Nevertheless, Marcus Johnson reference is made. <laughs> but yeah, um. I, again... Um, second round sort of just went as so. Yeah, so the, the only names I can really pull out, you know, Trey Jones from Duke goes 39th. Um, Cassius Winston from MSU, or as you've written here, Sparty. Again, I've just copied this. Goes 43rd. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr. 44th. Could have ended up in the NBL, Kenyon Martin Jr. But um, yeah. As an X star. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a bunch of. Names I don't really know. Marcus Howard. Marcus Howard, yeah. Massive. Big scorer from Market. Of the Big East. (laughs) Thank you. Did he lead the college uh, NCAA in scoring? You know, the college NCAA. I think the Phoenix Suns. Everything's got a the. Um, He was close. I I think he might have. He would have been awfully close. He's out dropping 50s, it felt like, most weekends. Yeah. but yeah, and did you want to move on to free agency Mr. now? And Mr. Irrelevant, Josh Hall from high school, by the looks of it. Of, of which the Jazz, I believe, traded for that pick specifically to take him. <laughs> Probably knows the guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, are you, are you good to move on to free agency? Yes, free agency. I thought this would be like a lengthy discussion. Yeah. So, as we said before, it was the first sort of year, or at least that first year that we'd been involved, that coaches had um, become commodities in the DBB mock draft. So five coaching changes throughout the league. I think the most notable one is Becky Hammond. Yeah. So Philadelphia fires Brett Brown, which ruins any plans for a Boomers 2021. Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel. I mean, he'd still technically be the coach of the Boomers because he's been announced, but yeah. And in fairness, they've both got traded anyway, so it wouldn't have really mattered. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Becky Hammond signs for Philadelphia on a five-year deal, but money doesn't really matter. Even the years don't really matter to Yeah, so um, Becky Hammond joins Philadelphia as their head coach. Um, Kenny Atkinson was, I, I guess, fired from Brooklyn, which is questionable. And Washington, a nice pick up there. Get you, him. Do, you do realise... Uh, no, I don't probably. Educate me. That Kenny Atkinson was fired from the Nets in real life. Yeah, I know. And I'm just saying, it's questionable. <laughs> nice no, nice recovery there, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see how much I've really paid attention recently. Yeah. Um, Who's the coach? Oh, when, when was he fired? 
it was, uh, I mean, everything. I think he, he was fired like the week before the NBA ended. I, so I just now completely lost in the, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just the other coaches that ended up being signed. Jerry yeah. Stackhouse finally gets cool. a shot in the NBA with New York. Uh, Jay Wright leaves Villanova, which seems very unrealistic. But again, for the purposes of the mock draft, if it's conceivable, uh, the NBA will be their primary option to sign with somebody yeah. in the mock. Uh, so Jay Wright takes his pinstripes to Houston hmm. and Chris Finch uh, Ooh, I is about. upgraded from the Pelicans bench to be the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. May God rest his soul. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be, he signed a five-year deal. There's no way that Vivek... I'm not getting to uh, at that point. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, moving on to the players. Let's, like, so... The, we have to say the first signing, just even though it means nothing. It's a minor one. So the first it was just signing, the first one agreed to, yeah. yeah Justin Holiday, $11 million over two years of the player option to Indiana. I should but preface I, that as the super agent, obviously the with the cap dropping 8.3% um, or around there, that I was uh, sort of prioritizing looking at player options yeah. for guys, especially if they were younger, so then they could get out of their deals, and then once the cap recovers, they can earn more money. Yeah, secondly, for older players, the reverse of that, I was looking for longer deals um, to sort of safeguard their tenure in the league. Yep. But obviously, the first deal there, um, Giannis, the Supermax. N- never in doubt. Um, obviously, well, me being the super bit, agent, it was never in doubt. It was a, it was a bit it was a bit in doubt with the old. With oh the yes, trade. That, gave, that gave me a heart attack. Um, <laughs> well, he wouldn't have been eligible to be traded. But yes, that was one of the deals that there was absolutely no negotiation. Yes, thank you. Um, I think the first main one that I wanted to talk about, and it's Is very pertinent guy. for uh, my big guy, big big Christian Wood guy, big Christian Wood, um, very pertinent for the Pistons fans. So Christian Wood signs with the Oklahoma City Thunder here for a four-year deal, fifty-six million, um, with a player option. Yes, of course. So this is this averages fourteen million a year. Yep. I feel like this is kind of on. This is borderline upper end end of what the Pistons fan base would be comfortable paying him. Yes. Based off of one season, really, of production. I feel like he's a oh, candidate to get over... Two-thirds of a season of production because they're not playing yeah. again this season. Obviously, uh, depending on how impactful like the cap cuts are yep. and how weary uh, teams are to just throw out money like it's 2016, um, I think Wood is probably the most likely guy to get overpaid. Yes. Um, and then the, the market for Wood... Speaking from the agent's point of view, it wasn't necessarily that strong, to be honest. Um, OKC were really the only team in... Uh, basically, they, they blew everybody else that inquired looking at like mid-level exceptions, so about $8 million a year. They blew them out of the water, and then 14 I was just looking for a player option. Um, but I think $14 million per is very reasonable for Christian Wood. I'd um, say it's reasonable, but I'd say it's also, for me, like, yeah... Absolute upper limit. Yeah, and looking from Christian Wood's point of view, you're locking in your first major pay yeah. payday in the NBA. So it was a no-brainer to take a four-year deal. Uh, team option, obviously, 
with the sort of chance that he maybe develops into an all-star player um, option you mean yeah yes yeah, sorry um so yeah but yeah i'd say it's this is at, at, at the 14 range is where you start to kind of from a pistons perspective you kind of start to look and go uh is because we've already got blake griffin's contract we'll have to pay probably yeah luke Kennard next season i think in free agency proper if the he if could be a guy Kennard, obviously yeah. yeah, there could be sort of um, teams looking to... Like, I know he's not a restricted free agent, but there could be, like, um, other teams handing out, like, poison pill offers and saying, like, Detroit matched this $17 million a year, $18 million a year. Yeah. Um, and he, he might be squeezed out of Detroit. Yeah, at, so that obviously it, does, it hurts with... Yeah, so obviously we've got... Um, yeah, Griffin's contract, Canard's different extension next year. Uh, who else have they got? Who did they draft last year? I knew. Oh, they traded it. That's right. Um, obviously, Seku, whenever that rolls around. But that's, I think that's far enough down the road that it won't really affect Christian Wood. At, at 14 million a year, are you... It's not an unreasonable number. Are you, are you fine with paying Wood 14 million a year? Like, uh, with the production, do you think he's a 14 million a year player? Over four years? Or have you not seen enough? Um... Because, like, is do you envision Christian Wood being a, a player that you can pay that amount of money and you'll get any sort of surplus value slash he'll be conducive to winning basketball? Because that's sort of been the issue with him. He's great at putting up stats, but yeah, is that going to turn into Like wins? I said, $14 million is the absolute upper limit. Hmm. I, I wouldn't... If, if that was announced that he was re-signed on that number, I wouldn't be against it. Yep. There's certainly worse deals out there. Yeah. And it's still only, you know, 14 million now is the equivalent of like, what, eight or nine a few years ago? Yeah. So, and I mean, I know that means nothing, but putting it in perspective, it's it, it's more the fact that, yeah, like you said, he's a big stats guy without really having success to back it up. Now, part of that is he's been on crappy teams. Yeah, he's also a candidate to get an offer like this from a crappy team looking for him to put up stats like that. Maybe that's just his yeah his ticket in the NBA. I can see yeah, see someone like oh, who's got a load of cap space, like I don't know Cleveland, or even even someone like Phoenix, and chuck him next to Aiton. Although I know Phoenix, I know this now having used them, have no cap space to work with. <laughs> no, <laughs> that that uh, Booker deal does not help. No. Um, uh, but obviously, yeah, yeah, speaking of Phoenix, we'll move on to your first involvement in the mock. Yeah. So my first, well, my first, well, yeah, because I guess my draft wasn't really me. <laughs> first <laughs> so consensual I, deal so, of, <laughs> of the mock draft. Jesus. So Phoenix have are delighted to announce the signing of, and I know this infuriated you, but you had to accept it. Uh, Pat Connaughton on a three-year deal, 16 and a half million player option i i was surprised when you offered pat connaughton this amount of money i'm gonna say that now yeah i know i'm and a I massive that, like, pat connaughton fan but i don't think he's worth this much per year no but my my logic was a the player let me just gather my thoughts yeah. So, <laughs> what what was it? think of something think of something <laughs> so my free agency profile that i wanted to so obviously i'm building around devin booker here 
Yes. I'm trying to get guys that don't need the ball that can just be catch and shoot athletes. Yep. And I feel like Connaughton and my other main free agent signing, who we'll get to later, um, they definitely fit that mold. And the player option in the last year coincides with DeAndre Ayton's extension. So that like they can get out of it. I don't like Connaughton probably won't opt out of it. No, that's, you know, there's always that out. Yes. I think sort of my, like, I, I will say as, as a super agent, I did notice that this free agency class is one of the weakest, I think, especially because we accepted all the player options. Yeah. This is one of the weakest free agent classes in recent memory. Yeah. And it, I think that's why there's really so much. And I think I did really well with my other signing. I think I got one of the premier ones. I think that's why there's so much fo- media focus on will Giannis sign the Supermax because this year's free agency class, because Anthony Davis is basically a done deal, Lakers, there's not a lot here at the top end. No, um, but I think, yeah, to me, obviously I was willing to accept that money for Pat, but I think it's an overpay um, yeah. simply because I don't think he, I think he's fulfilled his potential in Milwaukee. I think this is the player who he is. Um, he can be a streaky shooter at times. But yeah, I was expecting... Again, um, I'll tell you this now. You were obviously bidding... You already against- told me this after I signed yeah. it anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, you were bidding against nobody. Yeah. Um, so it was an easy offer to take. Uh, unfortunately, the Bucks didn't want him back. Um, I think he could have signed for a minimum... And I think he will sign for a minimum in the upcoming free agency. Or if not very like modestly above the minimum. The thing, though, with the Suns this season anyway, and I, this is, again, the criticism of the exercise is that there's no future repercussions, but this season anyway, because I used I used part of my MLE to sign Connaughton. Yep. They've got no cap space. They're, they're, they're over the cap, but un- comfortably under the tax line. So the only way I can really get money is by other dumping contracts, which I couldn't do because I didn't have any trades uh, or nothing that I really liked. Uh, or just renouncing cap holds of like the big guys that I had. So I obviously didn't bring back Dario Saric or Aaron Baines, and they were big cap holds. Yep. Um, and I used that money to sign my main free agent. But then it's really just, you know, declining team options for Frank Kaminsky and Czech Diallo. Yeah. And it's, you can scrap together some sort of semblance of money for one guy, and the rest is kind of inconsequential. I think I should note as well... Um just before we get too far into free agency, that's a lot of these deals really depended on what teams were looking for what. It wasn't like a, a typical, what I imagine real free agency is where every team um, firstly is active. I think mo- only probably two thirds of the league um, really took part in free agency. And then even then probably a third of those to the, to the fullest extent, like really inquiring about tons of players. Um, yes. Yeah, so I only inquired about three or four. Yeah. And you sign most of them. Um, but obviously that lack of um, activity pushes the market down for a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, so that has sort of influenced these sort of numbers that that will come. Um, a bit later on, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to, before we got too far in, sort of preface yeah, yeah. that. I probably should have said that before we went through the first two. Um, uh, yeah. But I guess two guys that it didn't really affect. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Nerlens Noel and Emmanuel Moutier signing, both signing four-year deals worth $28 million with fourth-year player options. This was an easy accept on both ends for me. 
Yeah. Especially Moutier. Like, Noel, you can sort of see getting that money. Maybe. 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 Again, I think he became, like, the fourth centre on the sixes as well, but it was just so much money that I, I couldn't refuse it. Yeah. Um, but Moutier especially. It's, I don't see anyone getting him more than, like, a biannual. In sort of instances like that where a team came in with an offer that just blew away the market, it was it was an easy accept. Um, yeah. So what do you think about the next offer? Does that blow away the market? Uh, Mason Plumley getting a three-year deal worth $34 million with a team option from yeah. New Orleans. That was the only offer on Mason Plumley, hence the team option. And I was more than willing to take it straight away. Yeah, see, Plumley's an interesting one. I think he's good. To a Can point. he play with Zion, though? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, he's a decent passer. That, that's what I'm he can, he can re He can re- rebound. I mean, he's not a, he's not a great rebounder, but he can rebound probably better than Zion. Um, sorry, let me rephrase that. You need like a a cleanup guy next to Zion. Yeah. Um, I think he can. Should have been Miles probably. I think he can probably be. Yeah, nice. Um, well, Derek Favors has filled that role pretty well. Um, in the games that we've seen Zion play. Yeah. Um. I think Zion's rebounding is overstated somewhat just by the the athleticism. Yeah. Like, he's not a guy that's probably going to... I mean, watch this happen in two, three years' time where he averages like 15 rebounds a game. But I don't think he's a guy that's going to completely eat the glass like that. He's more of a, um, a spectacular offensive rebounder than a guy that will consistently get defensive rebounds. Yeah, so maybe like capping it at like 10-11 a game. Yeah. But, I think it's why yeah. a lot of that, like the height um, and just the positioning, he sort of looks lost on... Defense again, very early in his career. Um, but yeah, I think that the Plumley deal was more than reasonable. In, in fact, I probably would have accepted less, to be honest. Yeah, Freddie V. This was um, Toronto had a very clear plan on what they wanted to do, and basically, they wanted to keep cap space open for next year and offer basically everybody that they had one-year deals. And for Sergi Barker and Marcus Gasol, for me, that just wasn't going to work. But um, I think we got a decent value deal for Van Vliet, probably less than he might end up actually getting. Yeah, I, I'd, I would not be surprised if he gets more than the what you've gotten for him here. Oh, yeah, four, four years, $60 million, um, on a declining salary to help out the Raptors. Yeah, I, I can see him getting... 75. Yeah, possibly even 80, maybe. Uh, yeah, if some, some team offers him 20 per, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully not the Pistons. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah, that's been sort of a rumoured uh, landing spot, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think as well, when you, you've seen it a lot where players have won titles at, at destinations and then they're willing to sort of not overpay them, but pay their dues to them. Um, so is, is, is this a shout-out to Tristan Thompson? <laughs> well, that, that as well. Um, I wasn't even, like, specifically thinking of that, but, yeah. Um, the next one, again, the four years, 28 million strikes again. Chris Dunn re-signs with Chicago. Um, easy accept. Easy accept. Wasn't a huge market above the minimum, and I didn't really have to... Um, 
I didn't negotiate a lot there because it was just so much above the the market value. There was a couple yeah. of other teams inquiring, like I said, at the minimum. Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether he's worth that nine a year, is he? Seven a year. Oh, seven a year, sorry. <laughs> he's a man who went to school. I mean, he's definitely not, if, he's, if, he's, if I don't think he's worth seven a year, he's definitely not worth nine a year. No. Mm. Dunn's fine, but yeah, it's a long-term commitment for someone who's fine. I think and a lot of the teams... money itself isn't that like the money number in a vacuum is not a huge deal, but for someone like Chris Dunn, who's not giving you that much, yeah, especially on offense, defensively he's fine, but it's a bit questionable, I would say. I think because he was a restricted free agent, a lot of teams stayed away as well. well that, that, that's the negotiation. I, I don't know why. So I assume his rights weren't renounced as a restricted. No. So why would Chicago be offering this? Surely they'd wait for... I guess they just wanted to get it done. I don't know. Maybe they were worried about um, another Worried about someone giving in. him like 12 or 13, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not... If, if that happens, then let him go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, I think Chicago just really played themselves here. Yes. I think um, probably the next one... Couple of, a couple of Milwaukee mins just supplementing the championship runs. Either yeah. Thomas and Kyle Korver, one-year mins. Well, I'd love for Kyle Korver to come back, but um, <laughs> probably not crash out on Isaiah Thomas. I don't see how he fits with the Bucks really. But um, fine to accept that. Him, him and Bud. Nothing else for IT on the market. Mm. Um. DJ Augustin gets a two-year, $13 million deal with a play option, a player option from the Knicks. And then... You want to talk about Gasol? Yeah, I want to talk about Gasol because this is the one I probably... If I regretted a deal the most, maybe it was this one. Um, So Mike Gasol signs with the Knicks on a three-year deal worth $30 million with a player option. Um, I don't know whether it was like just a rush of blood accepting this one. (laughs) <laughs> but as I said, Tor- Toronto was not going to budge on any further years. Um, so Toronto was a one year, were they? Toronto was strictly one year and about nine million. So okay. very similar. Um, realistically, he probably takes that slash. He can go back to Europe and play for whatever money. There's always yep. that option rather than being stuck with the Knicks. But purely looking at the NBA in this sort of vacuum, yep. um, 35 years old, I'm looking for years. Years. Um, and Marcus Hall probably doesn't need $10 million a year. That's why I'm sort of rethinking it. But, at, yeah, that sort of age range, I'm, I'm looking security. for the years. Yeah, and that, that was the most money offered. Um, he also had offers... Fully guaranteed, I assume. Yeah, fully guaranteed, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. I fought hardly... Uh, I think only two or three deals in free agency got non-guaranteed. I sort of stress player options and fully guaranteed. I think Marcus Hall had offers... Uh, f- Obviously, from the Raptors for one year, I think the Mavs and the Kings also sort of inquired for him. Um, so it was getting competitive, but one year, no, uh, two years at MLE. So it was the so general like seventeen or so. Yeah, that was the general sort of market. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not a terrible deal. It's sort of a, a consequence of the exercise. Yeah. This one, I think, more than the others. Um, it's not a terrible yeah. deal from Gasol's no. perspective, obviously. But um, oh, of course not. From yeah. New York's perspective, yeah, it's not something that's going to hamstring them at all. No. It just depends on who they pair it with. I think sort of the... Um, why, why does Gasol want to go to New York, though? Sort of kept playing yeah. on my mind. Um, 
But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not horrible. No. Right, the big free agency splash. You can announce it. Phoenix Suns on a three-year deal worth $39 million with a player option. Darvis Bertans. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please <laughs> hold your applause. Oh, what a signing. So yeah, obviously this was me scraping together every little bit of cap space that I could. And this was my absolute upper limit offer. It was about $13 million a year. So I got this number. I think when I started with Phoenix, I was maybe $10 million over the cap. But that obviously includes um, cap holds for, for your current free agents that you've got rights for. Yep. And also team options. So I think Kaminsky had a $5 million team option, which was an easy decline. And Czech Diallo was like a couple of mil. And I didn't really see the point in him coming back, so I binned him off as well. And then... I quickly renounced the rights to Tariq Owens and Jared Harper, who were just, you know, like $1 million things. Um, but the big, where I got the big money from was obviously declining the, uh, sorry, renouncing the rights to Aaron Baines and uh, Aaron Baines and Dario Saric, because they were both about $10 million holds each, and that was just easy money to clear up. I did only renounce those guys once I'd secured Bertans, though, because just in case... I couldn't get him done. I was just going to... They were my insurance options. But I'm, I'm reasonably happy with this value deal. Again, the player option, it's insurance for both of us. If he outplays it, he can obviously opt out. Yeah. But it's on the same timeline as Aiton's extension. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my deal here. Yeah, that was... So we sort of started, I think, like 8 million. So I think my per... first offer was about 8 or 9. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So Bertans is obviously one of the guys looking to cash in on this free agency. Yeah. In demand, hot shooter. Um, I think I think I even did a, a Google Translate where it translated my team to Phoenix Dog. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's one of the more sought after free agents just as a, a a role player. And I think you said that you're probably going to start him until. Yeah. So he's uh, my penciled yeah. in at this point yeah. power forward starter while. A, Kongwu, who's my draft pick, is kind of just there. And I think yes. by the time like year two or three rolls around, then it'll be more of a split duty thing. That's the plan anyway. Yeah, so you, you were bidding against the Hawks, and this sort of went back and forth for a bit until ultimately I don't think they could offer more than about uh, they could offer more years than you, but they couldn't. Well, I could have offered more years, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't really want to offer more years. Yeah. Um, I think 440 was probably like their top. So 442. Um, Which is about 10 and a half. Yeah, yeah, just slightly less. And I figured that Bertans, um, I don't know, I found he was a tough one because is he just trying to cash in on, had a great season last year, need to sign the four? Or is it, I can make 17, 18 if I get out and back onto the market quickly? So that's where I sort of, I was fine to settle with three, but maybe I should have taken four. Well, I'm glad you took the three. Yeah. Because it's three. I mean, it, it worked out anyway. You got more money. Um, I feel like I, if I had offered a four, I would have dropped the money a bit. Yeah. It would have been like a four forty-five or something. I think thirteen million, considering the season he had last or this season, um, it's more than fair. So, well, yeah. So, <clears throat> so if we're looking at it like relative to other guys, I guess in his 
wage bracket, Christian Wood gets like the same, maybe like an average value, a million dollars more. Yeah, well, same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Bertans has at least like a couple of years now of production, whereas Woods only got the one. Mm-hmm. So that that's I guess the logic for being comfortable offering him this this level of deal. Yeah, and I think. Um... Well, I mean, not that it really played into this scenario, but the the Wizards um, held him over the trade deadline and then ended up losing him in free agency. Oh, the, this current deadline, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I so mean, I think, yeah, yeah. So he he's again, like I said, with Connaughton, athletes who can shoot. This is a much better value deal than Connaughton, though. I feel for you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I think I think in my pitch to both these guys, I can't remember. I think in my pitch to Connaughton, I said something about baseball and weather. <laughs> I said, "Oh, it's sunny all year round here. You can be out in the park." Um, but I think I said to Bertan something about like trying to bring back this sort of run and gun. Maybe not seven seconds or less, but yeah. that style, you know, surrounding Booker with you know these athletes, and I've still got Kelly Oubre, obviously, who who was my trade piece, but no one really bid on him, so I kept him around. We've got um, two guys in Booker and Bertans that between them should be averaging like 16, 17, 18 threes a game. Attempts, that is. Um, no, no, no. We're, get, we're going for makes. <laughs> That'd be like 54 points a game just in threes between those two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was my plan. I guess we've still got Rubio, who's like our elite playmaker. But then obviously Booker, as like just a general star. And then we have Ubre, Aiton, and Bertans just kind of running around him and just generally I think I announced Bertans as my general F shit up dude <laughs> just a bit of a goon um, you know we, we need someone to get into a bit of a fight every now and again yeah but but yeah so that that's my splash for free agency yeah well I think, I think we covered I think the Suns fans will be very happy with that one I think we covered Bertans so we'll just move on um... uh, surely this next deal is, was an easy accept Yes. He, he, uh, D'Anthony Melton uh, accepted a three-year deal with $26 million with a player option from the Washington Wizards. Questionable uh, value there for Melton. He's a decent player, but yes, that, that, that figure was an easy accept considering his other offers were much smaller, like uh, four years, $16 million. Um, I think there was a couple of inquiries at like... Minimums. The, yeah, minimums and yeah, binal exception. Um, but yeah, once that once that offer came, it just blew everything out of the water. Yeah. Um, like, where do I sign? Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, next friend, one, Michael, friend of the show, Michael Carter Williams, <laughs> makes a return to the Philadelphia Sixers on a two-year deal. My jersey is valid again. Worth five million. My jersey is valid again. So, someone queue up the queue up the shooting contest. <laughs> but I think the next couple of Worth a bit more discussion. So Aaron yeah. Baines so Aaron Baines, it. yeah. Two signed years, 16 million it. with Dallas. Sorry, I'm just going to take over there because he is my yeah. ex-free agent. <laughs> and I did think about bringing him back, um, but I think I prioritised getting some shooting and like Bertans more than what I would have, pri- like getting Baines back. Yeah. Um, and I guess Baines was the necessary sacrifice to get Bertans. Although I probably would have looked to get him back. But then I would have been pushing, I guess, the tax line with a figure like that, like what you got. Surprisingly, there wasn't a massive market for Baines. And Considering it's a piston side as well. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I was talking about earlier about the Pistons guys, and just it seems like once you've been through them, you're sort of done. Um, <laughs> never want to think about them again. Um, but yeah, Baines didn't have a massive market, and then he ends up signing on a Dallas team I really like, and he was a he was a conditional offer. So the the next signing there, Sergio Barker signed with Sacramento on a three year deal worth twenty six million. Um, Dallas were wanted Ibaka first, but they were only going to offer the Baines deal. And then, 216. Yeah, Sacramento were willing to add a further year onto that. So again, similar to Gasol, I'm looking for yeah. the years. Um, I so, assume Dallas made it clear that we only want you if we don't get this guy first. Yes, and then Marc Gasol was their third priority behind Baines. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think it worked out decently for both guys, to be honest. Um I'd say it's more realistic if Barker goes to somewhere like Sacramento than Gasol going to New York. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, the Sacramento team that they put together is a vastly different um, team than you're used to. Yeah. Because you've got Ibarka starting at power forward next to Sabonis and Bojan Bogdanovic, Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young. I don't think um, we talked about Sabonis at all getting traded, but yeah. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Well, we have now. <laughs> We totally, we totally missed that one, yeah. Um, the next so, yeah, deal... Yeah. Oh, sorry, keep going. Then, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to the next deal, which this I is think... tremendous value. I think this, this might also, be the best... Uh, yeah, so this is a problem with the exercise and inactivity, this next deal. So Malik Beasley, who is a restricted free agent, signing with OKC for $40 million over four years, so just $10 million a year. I think that's excellent value. But also, so the Minnesota representative, I'm assuming, wasn't active in free agency? No. So that's the problem with this. Yeah. So And you, also the fact yeah. that literally nobody else put an offer in for Malik Beasley. Well, I totally forgot about him. I probably wouldn't have been able to afford him anyway. But um, I think this is at least like five million a year unders, probably from what he's gonna get. Yeah. He's been pretty he's been pretty awesome once he got traded to the Wolves. Um You're probably Resign in Minnesota, you think? This is single-handedly, at least for a young player, the best value deal of the whole mock draft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's massive unders. Yeah. And the next deal is massive overs. Yeah. Josh Jackson get it, signing a uh, three-year, $16.5 million deal with the a player option. The Connaughton deal. From Chicago. The um, deal. But this was an easy accept. Easy accept, only minimum offers on the table. Um, Is it better value for Connaughton or Josh Jackson, that deal? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, see, Jackson at least has the youth on his side. and the Yeah, you've got that potential where this could be a great value deal down the line, whereas I feel like Connaughton's always going to be capped. But right now, it's a terrible value deal. Yeah, not, not ideal. Um, especially basically coming straight out of the G League, pretty much. Like, I honestly haven't been that familiar with the Grizz of late. Um, but I don't think he played many games for them at all. Certainly not enough to command this sort of money. No. Um, and the, I, next, I, the next guy is... Oh, sorry. I was about to move on to the next one. Similar yeah, sort of this, circumstances, I feel. I feel like well, this is more realistic, I think. Because I think that it was pretty much widely panned, the Kings not picking up the uh, the option of Harry Giles. Yeah. 
So Harry Giles signs for Charlotte for four years, uh, $30.5 million with a player option. I'd say this is more representative of, maybe not what he'll actually get, but at least it's more realistic. Because I think that everyone was questioning why the Kings were declining Giles' option. I think you can question him, them declining the option, but then four years, $30.5 million being quite the overpay. Yeah. Certainly seeing as other offers for him were basically the minimum or tax MLE. Which is um, what, 5 mil also? Yeah, so it was, again, an, an easy accept once I got clarification from other places that they, they there was no way they were offering that sort of money. <laughs> Thank you, but no. Good yeah. Um, moving on quickly, probably through the next couple of guys, Jakob Pertl ends up with a two-year deal worth $6.8 million with the Sacramento Kings. Again, inactivity did not match. Uh, Jordan Clarkson signed a three-year deal worth $27 million with a player option, uh, re-signing with Utah. That's good value. I would, yeah, I, I think would, so. There, it was a fight. Slight, slight overs, maybe, but... A fight between Utah and the Grizzlies there, and, and once I could get Utah on the same sort of value that the, the Grizzlies were offering, um, I, that was a yeah an easier choice to make. Uh, the next one, I think, again, pretty, pretty good, good value. value for a veteran. Derek Favors, three years... Sorry, the Connaughton deal. Three years, <laughs> $16.5 million with a player option again for Utah. I think that's great. And the market for him just didn't exist. No. Then uh, just a couple of run-throughs quickly. Solomon Hill, a one-year minimum with Dallas. Decent get. Uh, Jan Mahimi, a one-year minimum with Toronto. Um, Bryn Forbes, two years, uh, $9 million with Memphis. I'm interested to see what he'll actually get, because I, I think he'd be someone who'd get, like, years, but not dollars. Yeah. I, I He could be, like, a guy where Fred and C rolls around and go, whoa, but because shooters are in demand. Like... He could, he could potentially get Harry Giles' money. Yeah, maybe. And sort of like seemingly out of nowhere because he just sort or, of um, hidden... Or Chris Dunn money, I guess. Yeah. Like, well, speaking of, obviously, this exercise. Yeah. Uh, Hollis Jefferson, also two years, nine million with Memphis. Um, Ish Smith, a two-year minimum with a player option uh, in Memphis. Um, that's a really good get for Memphis, I think. Again, li- literally, they... The only team to think about Ishsmith, so easy sign. Um, even got a player option in there. Like I'm imagining Ishsmith and Brandon Clark on the second unit. Uh, yeah, obviously the pace Ishsmith fits pretty well with their general pace of play. Mo Harkless, two years, eight point seven million with a player option in Philadelphia, um, where he can take as many threes as he wants and not worry about bonuses. <laughs> yeah, no bonuses in that deal. Um, that uh, was... The next one. Oh, sorry. He, he was only looking at minimums, so once uh, six is offered, uh, upwards of four mil. Actually, yeah, I'm curious what Horst Jefferson was looking at. Surely minimums. Yes. Yeah, because it's similar with, million a yeah. year. Questionable. Um, Myers Leonard. This would have been one of the easier accepts, I would assume. Yeah, for me, this was... Year, yeah, a four-year deal worth 24 million with the player option for Miami to return. It's just one of the only things I, I didn't like about Miami's mock. Um, 
firstly they they were bidding against themselves. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, I just think it's way too much for Myers Leonard. It's um, too much. It's too many years. It's too much money. It's just it's, it's just a bad deal. Yeah, this is a guy that Portland would barely play. Um, well, even Miami barely play him now. Yeah, I think the, the next deal. I was surprised that this these dollar values went flip. So Jay Crowder signed yeah a three year deal for twelve million with a player option with Miami. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like you could probably swap those deals and it would it would look a bit better. Yeah, um, no, this is pretty good value. This is a great value for Crowder, and basically teams are only really willing to offer minimums at this point. For, for Crowder, so again, another another easy accept. But it's good value for Miami to get him on that, I would oh, think. Oh, yeah, 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 big fan. Um, as, as I said, Myers Leonard was probably the only move that I didn't like Yeah. Um, from Miami and free agency. I feel like the next contract is... Would this be the biggest one you signed? Uh, this was the hardest negotiation of the whole free agency. Uh, in what respect? So it's Joe Harris getting four years, $76 million with Brooklyn. This was the toughest in the sense that it took the longest because two teams were very set on getting Joe Harris and both teams literally said that, yes, we will match slash exceed the other's offer. So I was just uh, moving emails back and forth saying, this is the this is where we're at now. It was basically an auction. This is yep. where we're at now. So who was the um, other team? So it was Brooklyn said that they were willing to match or exceed anything and Atlanta were working the other side. Yeah, okay. Um, obviously, they missed out on Bertans as well. <laughs> so I was feeling bad at that point. Um, <laughs> Did Atlanta sign anyone? Oh, I can't remember. I don't think so. They certainly they didn't scroll, sign a big free agent. Scrolling through this list, I can't see Atlanta there at all. No. Yeah, I don't think they did, no. They sort of gave up at this point. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, probably not. But yeah, basically, yeah, the, the, the Nets are looking like a contender. They said they would match or exceed any offer that Joe Harris has got. So I just took that as a as a sort of license to get as big of a deal as possible. So it's just playing the two off each other, trying to get him that sort of mega yeah. deal. I, I mean, I'd be a bit uncomfortable giving him this in real life. I don't think he'll get this much in real life. He's a he's that role player guy that ends up with like twelve to maybe sixteen being a lot. It'd be like the equivalent of what Delhi got a few years ago, like accounting for inflation. Yeah, exactly. Um, In terms of just like, you know, what the league would value him. I think he's probably a better player than Delhi. This just demonstrates... And, they, and also, funny enough, they play... They're, they're like best mates, aren't they? Yeah, they both, they both yeah. got to the Cavs as rookies at the same time. They play Settlers of Catan together. <laughs> another, another really, you know, like those sort of board games. I mean, I'm a big, big Catan fan myself, but big this Catan num- man. This number here for Harris, 476, is indicative of what can happen in the mock when everybody zeroes in on one player. Um, yeah. So as much as the other side is like, oh, this player's getting nothing, Joe Harris getting four years, 76 million is what happens when it does come off like that. Yeah. And just a... a- a few to quickly roll through. Kenrich Williams, a two-year minimum with Toronto. Um, that's actually, like, I'd quite like that for Toronto. Um, Biombo, two-year minimum with Memphis. Noah Vonley, a two-year minimum with a player option also with Memphis. I think that was good. That's a good value deal. For Memphis, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you can't really say the player got good value when you're only getting the minimum. Yeah. Um, 
Danilo Gallinari. A three-year. I'd like this deal for Miami. A three-year, yeah, twenty-six million dollar with a player option. That's tremendous value for Gallinari. Again, the the market just never material. I was holding Gallinari was the one player I was holding out the longest for. Just because you love. <laughs> and at the same time, like there's got to be money here somewhere for him. But you are so a, a huge Gallinari guy. Like, yeah. Bigger than I am a Fox guy or Holiday guy or Holmes guy. Or Drew, or Drew Holiday guy. Yeah. I said um, Holiday. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um. Yeah, I was just holding out, hoping, but um, just never really materialised. Of course, yeah. Oklahoma City renouncing him didn't really help. No, that um, like all the leverage gone, really. But yeah, Gallinari to Memphis and Chris Paul... Uh, sorry, Gallinari to Miami and Chris Paul to Miami are two moves that I just love from this whole mock. Um, but yeah, this is... Veterans-wise, this is one of the better deals. Yeah. I'm surprised the next deal... I think this is a bit of an overpay. Um. Derek Jones Jr. getting four years, thirty-one million for Miami. Yeah, I, I'd agree, but I think using bird rights, they're just going over the cap, going crazy. Like, what what are the repercussions here of going and paying a ridiculous luxury tax he, bill? He gets he gets he gets a bill in the mail from Pat Riley, <laughs> uh, who's the owner, Mick Yarrison, or whoever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, we saw what you did online. Can you pay it, please? I'm not paying this. Um. I mean, he, 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 there's no way he'll get that in real life. Like, not, he'll he'll be closer to like, oh, biannuals, I would say. I think yeah, four or five million might be the upper or per tax, year tax MLEs, especially in a in a damper market. Yeah, uh, damper yeah, damper with some golden syrup. Sorry, um, that's an Australian thing there for you, Kent Bazemore. I'm surprised he got more than the minimum personally. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's what made it an easy accept. Two years, ten point seven with Brooklyn. Joins a stacked team. Considering the next guy, Alonzo Tree got a two-year minimum with Brooklyn. I wouldn't flip those numbers, but I, I would pay Alonzo Tree more than Baysmore at this stage of their careers. Uh, Alonzo Tree did have offers for the biennial exception, but they did they ended up falling through, and then other teams would only offer a do, minimum for one do, year. Do tell, do tell. If so you, can, if you are at liberty to tell. So Trier ended up signing the two-year minimum with Brooklyn to be on a contender. I, I can I can read. Yep. Are oh, you not going to say who was offering biennials? Well, it was more just that the caps wouldn't work out. Ah, once, okay. Once some offers lapsed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been the Bucks offered biennial. And then, and oh, then that's it that. that would, that's a very interesting deal for the Bucks. Yeah. Questionable is what I mean by interesting. Patrick Patterson, a one-year minimum with um, the Knicks. Yep. Uh, Javon Carter returning to Phoenix on a two-year minimum with a player option. I'm all about the player options, player power. Bidding um, against nobody only had two-way offers, so it was an easy one to accept at that point. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd already pretty much signed like my, one of my... Well, we'll get two ways in a second. But one of my two-way... Well, my only two-way that I've signed is basically what I want like I want to be Javon Carter, yeah, like a, a better version on offense. Um, but yeah, so like with Carter, I saw I saw my roster and I was like, I've got a lot of young guards, but there's not really much defense here, so we'll just need to get something back. And that was pretty much the validation there. I would have offered a one year minimum, but I think you were like, give me two years in the player option. I was like, ah, oh, sure. It's not <laughs> I think just because you don't know what you're bidding against. So. No, yeah, exactly. So I'm not gonna lose too much <laughs> yeah. sleep over it. Yeah. Um. The Hernan Gomez brothers both get two-year minimums with player options to Utah. This is just a banter offer, surely. Yeah. I mean, it's decent <laughs> value for both of them. 
Oh, they're good players. I, yeah. Especially, like, I rate Wancho more than Willie. If, yeah. if, if I'm getting it right. Yes. Um, Wancho's the Denver one, isn't he? Yep. And Willie... Are they both at Denver, actually? No. Is it Knicks, then Hornets, and then Waved? Yeah, I'm not sure where, the, where Willie... I thought it was Billy. Willie, uh, whoever. Well, yeah, I, I think know. it is pronounced Billy, isn't it? Or he prefers Billy, or... Anyway, I... Willie, yeah. William. <laughs> Billiam. <laughs> Billiam. Billiam. Um... um so for yeah. Wancho, it's tremendous value. Now, well, I guess for the, both the of them, well, package the deal Wancho, for nothing. You know, as a minimum, is getting his brother. It's it's like it's basically like Giannis getting Costas yeah, money. Exactly. Uh, so that that's good. I, like, again, did they get sent a joint email? Yes. Yeah. Um, Check Diallo also getting a two-year minimum with player option from Utah after I declined his team option. So every time I would show up in the trade threads, which was once every two or three because they kept popping up like bloody new houses in Western Sydney. Um, <laughs> Scott, who's the Utah GM, would always offer me Diallo for something. So I think he was happy once I finally declined him to go get him. Mm-hmm. But he was definitely a guy that he was always targeting. Lou Gens Dort, two-year minimum with yeah. Toronto, player option. For, for a guy at the minimum, he had several offers. Um then decided to sign with Toronto just because uh, had the prospect of starting, whereas on the, on the heat on the heat um, and Canada. Oh well, yes, obviously he's Canadian. Um, on the heat, probably uh, a more stacked team, certainly on the bench, and maybe it would have been a bit harder to sort of um, play more minutes on that squad. That that was sort of the main. Uh, yeah. I think he he did have a, a higher value deal fall through as well that, that sort of um okay from milwaukee happened a, happened a fair bit oh i'm trying to remember now um it, it escapes me who offered yeah. but somebody offered like four four and a half million a year but then before i could get to it that was <laughs> pulled away too slow yeah terrible agent you are uh terence man a two-year minimum with a 33 percent partial guarantee in year two i assume from toronto um, Chris Boucher, a three-year, $15 million deal, but only $1 million guaranteed in the final year, also with Toronto. See, that's an interesting one, yeah. Boucher. He, he's sort of like a, a a Christian Wood who hasn't had his opportunity to, to show out on a, on a terrible team and get stats. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd say it's pretty solid value to get him locked up for that sort of money. Yeah, I and think even, so. He's a guy that could... The partial guarantee. Yeah, he could turn into like a full-blown startup by the end of that contract. Especially if Toronto rebuilds, yeah. Yeah. Which I think they are in this exercise. What they're manoeuvring for cap space to yeah. potentially sign a free agent next season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. you're saying. Uh, then we're getting towards the end of free agency here. Dwayne Bacon, a two-year minimum with Brooklyn. Uh, Goran Dragic getting a good deal. Sorry, getting... Hang on, let me rephrase that. Getting Indiana peanuts. getting a good deal for Goran Dragic, two-year minimum player option. Yeah, this probably like completely value-wise, this might be the best of the whole mock. I assume um, his market was non-existent. There, there was an offer, uh, a reasonable offer of about five million per year that fell through, and even then, I think that would have been good value. Yeah. Um, this guy was an all-star, like what three, th- two, three seasons ago. Yeah. Um, it, realistically, he'd probably just go back to Europe rather than playing. Uh, for a minimum, a minimum but, um, yeah. 
ended up really Indiana was the last team standing um, for him. <laughs> um, uh, interesting. Chandler. Oh, sorry. I will, it would have been interesting had Miami not renounced him, um, whether they just would have tried to take him at the minimum, because I think I probably, as Dragic, just would have re-signed with, with Miami yeah. for the minimum. Uh, Wilson Chandler, a two-year minimum with Miami. Uh, I'd say that's that's pretty good value as well. Yeah. Um, also, David Noir, David Noaba, two-year minimum player option, Miami. I guess the Noaba, like, it depends on what, I guess, a no market for him. But also, yeah. it's more just, yeah, he can contribute, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I assume you're not too keen on this if it happened in real life. Uh, Tybo Cephalosha of one year minimum in Milwaukee. I, I think if Tybo had ended up in, in Milwaukee maybe a couple of years ago um, at, the, at the minimum probably would have been better but I think he, he's basically done isn't he? I would assume so yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul Millsap a two year $6.8 million player option um, in Brooklyn I guess that's more of a contender's pool there. That was, yeah, going for the ring and, yeah. again, um, a an offer, sizable offer at, at the mid-level exception. So we're talking yep. about 9 or $10 million a year fell through yeah, um, okay. and then just decided to pack it in, <laughs> go, go for the uh, ring. Harder than Bill Murray in Space Jam. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't forget, I didn't skip past this one. I just wanted to bring it up last. Um, the... Oh, sorry. When I brought it before, Harris, the biggest contract, obviously. He signed a Supermax, to be honest. I forgot about that. <laughs> he signed the biggest contract ever. And then also, I, d- I didn't even see this one. Yeah, Brandon Ingram returning to New Orleans on a four-year deal. Um, $120 million. Yeah. Obviously, uh, one of DBB's finest writers, Laz Jackson, was in charge of the Pelicans. Surprised he gave Ingram 30 mil, but I guess, he- what else can you do, really? The Pelicans were, and he made it clear from the beginning that the Pelicans were always going to match uh, whatever Ingram got. That's what Laz said, was it? We just had to go out and get it. Yeah, okay. Um, but then I was getting, like, nothing. Um, I think the best offer I got was four years, 108. Um, you said so nothing. I, so, well, I mean, you're working towards a massive max here. This yeah, is, yeah. It's a fine margin in RFA. Yeah. Um. So then I may or may not have finessed a wash bomb uh, saying that Ingram is looking for a max. And then sure enough, the next day, I think we came to a reasonable agreement. I think it's not a full max, but it's close enough. (laughs) You you swindled. Well, not swindled. You... It's it's what he's going to get anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, well, that's what I've sort of figured. It, It would be more unrealistic and would probably bother me more if he didn't. Um, get that, but yeah, that that was, I guess that's sort of that's when I'd sort of um, that didn't actually happen at that point in that chronological order, but um, yeah. as I started just agreeing to deals because they were the only like deals that they were obviously going to get, um, yeah. I sent out sent out a couple of wash bombs into their threads <laughs> saying that you know just let's get moving. I, I was trying I was trying to get uh, market for uh, Gallinari. I was yeah. trying to get a market for Millsap. Yeah. Um, I think what else I was trying to do. Oh, uh, actually, this probably moves us on to the likely to be completed section. 
Oh, well, yeah, just those quickly. Um, I don't really, there's not a lot to say about these, really. Um, so, yeah, you've got here in our little notes, Bogdan, Bogdanovich, 456 with Sacramento. I'm actually surprised. I'm assuming that's basically almost signed and sealed. Well, I'm just waiting to hear back about options. But, yeah, it's pretty much done. Consider it done. I think the, um, the mock is basically over. So, yeah, I can reveal that now. I would say, yeah. Oh, I um, hope so. I'm surprised he's not getting... Sorry, I'm surprised Joe Harris is getting so much more than him. Again, it's just a consequence of having two players just trying to top each other in a bidding war. Yeah. Really. Um, um, that was yeah. the only offer put in for Bogdan. Yeah. And um, I basically... Yeah. yeah. Davis, the two-year max player option, Los Angeles, yep, standard. Just just waiting for that to be done, yeah. Um, the Morris twins. Yeah, they're looking it's at like, sort like of... Oh, well, the, yeah, Keith and Marcus Morris are just looking at, like, two or three million dollars per year, but I, I haven't heard back yet. Um, Tristan Thompson. And I inquired about Tristan Thompson as kind of a bench fig, but then you say he's getting... Can we say? Yes, he's getting huge money. Uh, yes, okay, so he's getting... I offered him a minimum, or like, like I think maybe a biannual. I forget what it was. He, he was one of the players I, I was, like, yeah. worried about saying, like, I, I can't sign a min for this guy because he's coming off a huge deal. He doesn't seem like the sort of guy that would sign a minimum. No. Um, he's got, he's got then, too many kids to support. <laughs> lo and behold, in comes the Cavs with a, a $25 million a year offer, which I'm still waiting to hear back, if ever, about. Um, but, yeah, so I think I inquired because I realised I needed bodies at centre, and I was like, oh, you know, is he interested in maybe a... Um, I think a biannual, and then you said, no, nah, he's getting $25 million. Or he's getting, <laughs> You said he's getting big money, and I'm thinking, right, well, that's, yeah. that's me out. But yeah, just the, the next three players are guys that have got offers, but I I didn't feel um, confident enough to take straight away. So Dwight Howard had offers around the minimum, but I, I think he'd probably, like being in his agent's good. shoes, he'd be looking to return to the Lakers, surely. Yeah, uh, Hassan Whiteside again getting offered minimums. He, similar similar boat to Tristan Thompson, really. Um, yeah, it just would have felt too premature slash unlikely to accept a minimum for him. Yeah, and then Reggie Jackson again being on a piston side, everybody trying to finesse Reggie Jackson for a minimum. <laughs> and there was the one buyout that we've already spoken about: Nicholas Batum getting twenty one million back. And then piecing the Wizards, getting out of there. Yeah, and then he, he'll be looking to sign a minimum yeah. if that eventuates. Um, but obviously he can wait however long into the season. Yeah, he's got the money. Yeah. Um, do we bother with the two ways? I guess we'll just quickly run through them. I don't, I don't think... Oh, I guess we can. Um, just to, to, at least to just like for, for um, you know, totality, Complete, just get yeah, the names completeness. out there. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, so Utah signs Nate Hinton and Eves Ponds. Uh, Toronto gets Najee Marshall and Jared Butler. Okay, these are mostly names I have no idea. <laughs> so, um, New Orleans signs Mason Jones. Um, Dallas gets Armoni Brooks and Trendon Watford. Houston, the big boy, get uh, Makua Maker. That's a, that's a big one. Shout out. Um, I signed Kamar Baldwin, purely because he played for Butler. Another shout out. I, I hope, well, seriously, on his prospects, I hope that he can end up as a high G League slash uh nbl or european player I, I think he's got that sort of potential well like i said before when i'm talking about him without naming him my hope for him is that he can kind of be like javon carter but with a bit of offense 
Obviously, I don't think he's, I think he's, I don't think he's as good a defender as Carter. Yeah, uh, I'll happily sacrifice like you know a quarter of the defense for like double, like for half of the offense on top of. Yeah. Um, but think, like Baldwin's basically a homer swing for the fences, really. Oh, absolutely. Um, Miami signs Kobe Simmons, which is interesting. I don't think he'd get a two-way now, but sure. Um, and Kenny Wooten. Charlotte gets one of the Scrub brothers. Actually, is he even one of the Scrub brothers? Jay Scrub? <laughs> no, to be honest. Um, no, he's not. He's not so one of the Canadian Scrub brothers. So there's just another Scrub out there. That's... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so Jay Scrub and Jonte Porter go to Charlotte. And the last one, Nick Richards, which does not sound like an NBA player. No. Um, <laughs> it sounds like someone you'd see down at the Sherwin. <laughs> Nick Richards sounds like a V8 supercars driver. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a home and away extra. Yeah. Um, yeah, signs with OKC. But I think but, the far more interesting is yeah, to talk about... The untouched. Yeah, who hasn't uh, got any one. offers. There's a big one at the top. Yeah, so I'll... Yeah. Huge one. And I've, I've thought about offering this guy something, but then I thought, well, there's no way. It, it actually surprised me. I, I did say earlier how bad the free agency class is. He's like um, one of the top guys. He's, he's just certainly one of the top guys. I didn't even know he was a free agent, to be, yeah. to be completely honest. But then I saw that Montrez Harrell um, has completely no offers. And what I assume... I, you searched your inbox for Harrell and nothing came up. Are you, say, you sure like, you didn't, like he didn't misspell the name in the subject? No. I've answered every email in the inbox, <laughs> or oh, okay. 147 threads. Um and yeah, what I think's happened here is, is that people have obviously looked for free agents. They've sawn Harold like you did. They've sawn Harold. Yep. <laughs> we we are in no way, shape, or form able to pay him what he is going to be worth. So we're not even going to bother offering him at all. See, we, my thing with Harold or A, um, did the Clippers renounce him? Surely not. No, he was not renounced. But also. Um... I just assumed he was already signed, which is why I didn't bother. And then... Yeah. Well, as yeah. I said, he sli- he completely slipped through the cracks of this whole thing. And I guess it sort of exposed the mock draft in a sense. The yeah. integrity of the mock draft has been then, then brought into question. You, but then, then, yeah, then, yeah, you told me this morning when you were putting together the list of untouched free agents and you said, you know, Harold hasn't been signed. I was like, would he like the, the minimum to come to Phoenix? No, Obviously. he would not. No, no, probably not. He's going to play for uh, Real Madrid. Um, yeah, because the NBA the has just spurned him. We're the yeah. best Euro of all time, or well, the best European league player, the, the best American import of. He'll, he'll become a naturalized Europe. like Andorran and just dominate their national team. <laughs> um, I guess the everybody else that wasn't sort of touched, you could see why. Like guys yeah. like Evan, Evan Turner, Brandon Knight being a piston site. Um, <laughs> He's like, Courtney Lee a few years ago in this mock draft article was offering him like 15 million a year. And now yeah, I do, I do remember that actually. Yeah. Um, John, John Henson, Henson, Andre Robeson, Deli, Deli Etwan Moore, I'm surprised Langston, Langston Galloway. Get anything. Yeah. But also, um, I'm not, but also I'm not surprised because he's very polarizing. Yeah. Stanley Johnson obviously didn't I'm get not surprised offers. Stanley got nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit surprised he got nothing. Mello didn't get anything. Not surprised, honestly. I don't think yeah. they rate him over in Detroit. Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley might have been a D. If there was more... In, I th- these are the sort of pool of players that, had there been... Everybody was active yeah. in free agency. These would have been the guys getting the minimums rather than, like, the last 15 names we talked about in the free agency yeah. section. Um, 
Because there just would have been a bit more money in the pool. Like, it's minimum worthy. Yeah. Um, Someone like Glenn Robinson um, probably said, gets... Yeah. I, did, yeah. I did say Robinson. Yeah, Robinson, he gets at least the minimum, surely. Uh, Neto, even like... Um, Kid Gilchrist, do you think we get the minimum somewhere? And Dion Waiters, Jeff Green. Dario Saric was untouched. Which is a bit a bit surprising because I didn't I thought I'd be priced out of him, but also I didn't want to pay him anyway. Yeah, well I think again it's probably group think on that. Yeah. Uh Thon Maker, I'm not surprised he was untouched, to be honest. No. Um uh, Tory Craig, I'm not surprised because I don't think he's well known, but I think he's someone who should be in the league still. Yeah, I think so. Well I think the Nuggets value him Yeah. Be highly and, and will Actually, probably maybe I'll resign offer, him. Maybe I'll offer Craig the minimum. Once we get off this call. Uh, again, the, the mock is all but over. Um. <laughs> Not one centre. I need another centre. Um, that's just poor jamming on my part. Uh, Benbury got nothing. Lubissier nothing. Damian Jones. And then it's just a bunch of like end of the bench or like G-leaguers. I guess yeah, pretty much. Oh, well, Damian Costas. Dotson, Sterling Brown, DJ Wilson. Yeah, DJ Wilson after being traded five times didn't end up on a team. <laughs> yeah, Costas, uh, Taco, well, Keelan Martin. Yeah, uh, Jordan McLaughlin, decent player. Surprised um, if if people had sort of thought outside of the box a bit more, decent player to pick up. He's the um, the Wolves one, isn't he? Yeah, he sort of thrived. Um, it, it's like a plainy one. Um, yeah, Costas, Taco Fall, Naslong, sort of more of the notables that didn't. Um... Shaq Harrison. Yeah. Frank Jackson. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the end of free agency, really. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's not too much. There's not like too much controversy in the untouched, except for like Harold. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just like the blaring. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? Um, yeah. Hang on. I'm just gonna edit the Google Doc now. There we go. I just bolded it, underlined it, exclamation marks galore. Should have capitalized it as well. But yeah, I don't know if there's anything else really. I mean, I can run you through the Phoenix. I guess way I've really we've really touched on like what I was thinking with my bits. Well, I think just with the last portion, I wanted to look at some of the teams that I thought had done well and just look at their overall roster. Um, yes. Like over the last couple of hours, we've talked about teams that we thought had done well. Um, I start with I guess, Miami then. Yeah, I guess we'll start at Miami. I know you um, big in them up. Big big fan. Well, again, acquiring Chris Paul signing Gallinari on such a, a good value deal. Um, so they, they put that together with Jimmy Butler, Derek Jones Jr., and then Bam at centre. Um, they, 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 they're they already sort of um, right there in the east, and I think Milwaukee becoming a little bit weaker. Uh, this yeah. pushes them much higher into contention. And also, you know, getting guys like Kyle Kuzma and Drake Crowder on the bench. Yeah, TJ, I mean... McConnell. Yeah. Wilson, Wilson Chandler on a very nice veteran deal. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think they they come out of this much stronger. Um, and certainly, as I said, in in the East, sort of power um, power rankings, I think they're, they're they're contending for an Eastern Conference Finals. This roster. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it, it it'll depend, obviously, on what Chris Paul is next year. Um, but yeah, I think similarly, the the Nets 
are another team that have done a, a similar job in the sense that they've pushed up from that middle of the middle pack of playoff teams in the East towards the top end. Um, so obviously they already had Kyrie, Joe Harris, they've re-signed him, uh, Kevin Durant, and then now they've added Jokic via trade, uh, Millsap at the biennial exception. Yep. Um, obviously they acquired Eric, Eric Bledsoe to be their sixth man. Um, Terrence Ferguson, Kent Bazemore. I think they have taken the... I guess Dinwiddie and... I like Dinwiddie and Levert. But this is a, no doubt, this is an improvement. Yeah, I, I guess. It, I, I like I like Levert a lot. And I don't know if Ferguson and Bazemore and those sort of guys are like an upgrade on him. Well, they're not. But... I think, I think you make up whole, for it in other... You yeah. make up for it, yeah, with Jokic and Bledsoe coming in. That and Millsap. And, sorry, I missed Millsap. Oh, Millsap. The sheet's not up, the spreadsheet's not updated. I'm looking yeah. at their team now. Um, and Millsap, yeah, so, yeah, they make up for it. So, I mean, it's it's a fine trade-off in the end. I think a, a hypothetical starting five of Kyrie, Joe Harris, KD, Millsap and Jokic is incredible. Would Millsap even start? I mean, even if he doesn't, I guess you can. Torian Prince would be. Yeah, you can put Torian Prince in there. Um, Ferguson, maybe if he if he breaks out. Um, yeah, Bledsoe coming off the bench is crazy. Who doesn't agree to it? <laughs> we'll wait for the tweet in a year time when he's at the salon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Kyrie Irving KD dynamic with Jokic and Millsap and Bledsoe would be such a weird um, mix. Yeah. I think as well, uh, talked about Dallas. Um, so obviously they've had a major transformation around Luca. So at the moment, uh, their, their cap sheet has them starting Fultz next to Donkic with Robert Covington, Blake like Griffin it. and Aaron like Banks. <laughs> Steve Hinson, who's another uh, bad boys writer, has indicated their positions and he's just put Luca as starting Luca. Well, that's it. He's built completely around Donkic. Um, it, yeah, you've got the point guard, small forward, power forward, center, and Luca. That's the positions we're going for here. This is but, a team I like, but I, I feel with, like they yeah. could have been better. I, I'm guessing, um, well, with Dallas, my issue with them is their bench isn't as strong as some of these other so-called contenders. It's just a lot of the same guys. There's not like one real standout dominant bench piece. I think I that could be... A lot of um, championship, quote-unquote, or like high-range contenders have at least, like, one dominant bench guy. I think that's to be forgiven in this exercise, just given that um, there are still those decent guys available, like, on yeah. the list. Like, you can, also, pad out, you yeah. can pad out a team with guys yeah, like but that also, for the minimum. Yeah, and also you can always stagger minutes. Yeah. So it's fine. It's not, like, too big of an issue. It's just, like, the one... Like, looking at their bench, it's like, you know, mostly guys I've already got anyway. So, Dylan Wright, Seth Curry, Justin Jackson, Solo yeah. Hill... Kid Gilchrist, Boban, and Cauley Stein. It's a nice collection of bench guys, but it's they're a bit uninspiring, I guess. Yeah, I think you're really um, you're betting on Fultz to turn into the player he was touted to be next to Donkic. Um, Covington. Yeah, but, I, but I love Covington next to Donkic. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Baines as well, playing with Donkic. Um, Griffin's the only guy I don't know about. If he's still the Blake from a couple of years ago, this is an awesome squad. 
that if he's quote unquote done, that's where there's sort of um, questions over this roster. But as a whole, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, was, was there any team that you wanted to bring up? Um, Sacramento. Yes, great rebuild. So the, the, I don't know what's happening with the rest of the league, but you know, basically just robbing the league of Trey Young, Mitchell, Sabonis, Boyan Bogdanovich. They also get Justice Winslow in a trade. This the Sacramento. Yeah, this is a complete knockdown and rebuild on the fly, and from this mock, this might be the best one of that done. Um, Completely unrealistic. Yes. It's an awesome, like, it'd be an awesome 2K team to, to, yeah. to play with. Um, Trey Young next to Donovan Mitchell, just the only problem. Fun. The only problem with this team is obviously all the extensions they're going to pay. Because <laughs> they're obviously yeah. going to have to pay Young big money and Donovan big money. But even and then, they're, they're, a, set, yeah. they're set for two years before they have to do that. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, you would hope by yeah, the end of that year. stretch. One year. Oh, well, I mean, at the end of 2022. Um, oh, when they're both... Because Mitchell's coming into his fourth year, as in, like, yeah. next season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess we should also talk about, I guess, the contenders currently... That what they the same Milwaukee. Yeah, we'll have. Oh Jesus, do I want to look at the Bucks? Cap so I'll, sheet? I'll, I'll I'll read it out for you. So their indicated starting five is Spencer Dinwiddie, Chris Middleton, Matisse Thybul, Giannis, and Brook Lopez, and they've got a bench of Kelly Olynyk, um, <laughs> Dragon Bender. Oh, they brought him back. Well, I don't know. I don't know how updated this is. Kyle Korver, Isaiah Thomas, Tanasis, and Cole Anthony. Yeah, it's a bit questionable. I just shout out to John Luer and Larry Sanders still being on the dead cap. And Spencer Hawes. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. It's just, I don't think they're better. And they're, it was a not, lot of... There's nothing not better at all. There was a lot of just unnecessary moves. Yeah. Um, I, I don't particularly like having Kelly O'Linick on the team at that much money and then it just expiring. Um, yeah, because it's I not think like you can really do much with the expiring because you're so far over the cap anyway. I think, like, the limitations of Olenek on this team is you have to play him as the Brook Lopez. Mm. You can't have him take minutes away from Giannis at four. Yeah, and that's an odd collection of minimum vets as well. Yeah. Um, I'm very surprised that... I suppose it really depends on personal preference over players, but that George Hill was traded. Yep. Um, well, you're a big George Hill guy, so... Massive George Hill guy. Um, again, I'm not really against Dinwiddie, but I think the Bledsoe fits fine. I think his reputation is much worse than than yeah. uh, what, what is the actuality there. Uh, Toronto Raptors as well. They didn't really do much, but I, I like their acquisition of Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, well, I think, as, as we've said a couple of times, they're main sort of goal was just trying to have their cap clear for 21-22. Yeah. That, that's when Kyle Lowry comes off the books. Yeah. Um, and big money available. Yeah. Um, they've, they've kept the core of the team and, I mean, you can't really... I think we've learned now that you can't count them out. No. Um, 
especially from this season, it seems like they've got an injury every game and still the second best team in the East. It's it's quite remarkable. Um, do you want to talk about Utah? Yeah, we we can't finish this without talking about Utah. Um, they've 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 kept the economy alive <laughs> of the mock draft. Um, yeah, so oh I'm, my I'm, god, I'm the little scrolling contract through is their huge. team. Yeah, scrolling through the team, the only player on the team currently that actually plays for them in real life is Royce O'Neal, <laughs> the, the survivor. Um. So yeah, an indicated lineup of Lillard, Haywood, O'Neal, Jeremy Grant, who I'm a big fan of, big guy, big Grant guy, uh, and Derek Favors. This then, might be the deepest team. Then yeah, the bench of Marcus Smart, who is indicated as a stretch six, which I don't know what that means, <laughs> but sure. Well, he can play <laughs> anywhere, mate. Jordan Clarkson. Defense one through five. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson, uh, the Hernan Gomez brothers, Hardaway Jr., PJ Tucker, Javal McGee. I mean, it, it, there's a lot going on here, and it's pretty good yeah i think you really obviously you centered on lillard um is he do you do you think he's in a is do you think dame's in a better situation especially also the, sorry sorry because um hayward's expiring next year as well so they can really they can run it back yeah although their, their cap total is monster do, do you think dame's in a better situation with this roster or the current uh blazers Oh Jesus! I don't Bear, know. Bearing this in is mind, such a hypothetical. Yeah, I know. But obviously, bearing in mind that the Blazers are Western Conference finalists, yet now out of the playoffs. Yeah, um, they're such a hot and cold, seemingly yeah. year by year team. Looking at his support, I'd say his starting lineup here. He doesn't have like a, a stronger presence that he's like he does with McCollum in yeah, this Utah or, lineup. Or frankly, when Nurkic is healthy. Yeah, but yeah. the flip side of that is I think his bench is a bit better here. His, like, his overall depth Yes, yeah, is I'd agree with better that. here than it would be in Portland. I think, uh, speaking of Portland, just looking at their roster, they've got a very clean cap once they get past this season. Uh, they're only really paying Brogdon and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, oh, and TJ Warren. And TJ Warren. But yeah, Saturday they ended up with Danny Green. <laughs> oh, that's where he ended up. <laughs> and Lou Williams. I think acquiring Duncan Robinson is a, is a bold move, considering um, everybody's going to be out to pay him in 21-22. Will they, though? I, I think so. I think he's in the Bertans bracket of guys. Yeah. Are you not a fan? Oh, I'm a fan. I, I mean, I'm currently wearing my Wolverines hoodie while we're recording this, so always a fan. But I don't think Bertans money seems a bit ludicrous. I mean not necessarily I, I just meant that sort of in demand. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, um also it might not necessarily be yeah. We should probably touch on Philadelphia but considering their um initial win and then subsequent big L in the trade market. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this got, is a big team. It's a, so they've got Joel Embiid, Capella, John Collins, and Nolan's Noel all in their um, their big bracket. But then even the point guards are big guys. Like I think Fox, Moody, and Carter Williams are all at least 6'5". I think uh, having Embiid, Capella, Collins, and Noel is just like, we have the big guys so that you can't use them against us. <laughs> <laughs> um, surely, coming in the trade like deadline, that. one of those guys is going to go. 
I assume the starting lineup will be something like Fox, Richardson, maybe Reddish, and then I guess Collins and Embiid. Yeah. That seems like what I would... But yeah, that's a lot of long-term money as well in bigs. Yes. Like, because, you know, Embiid, Capella, and Noel are all signed through 2023, plus you've got the Collins extension. It's it's a massive gamble on the bigs being relevant again. Yeah. Um, I sort of question the fit of those four. Like... Well, on the same court, of course not. Like John Collins starting like next to Embiid. How does, how does that work? Well, well, they can both shoot threes. That's, I guess, the... Like it's not going to be too crowded, I don't think. To me, they sort of do the same thing. Like in a sense, that might yeah. be a stretch, but you know, yeah, yeah. There isn't a you know, like sort of normalized team construction. There's although I'm just reading his notes here. I don't know who the 76ers GM is, but he's got some notes in the far right, and there's estimated minutes, and he's listed Clint Capella and. Uh, so, well, mainly Clint Capella as situational. That's a lot of money for a situational player. <laughs> I like how um, the Sixers' uh, bold stating that they'd only play Embiid 28 minutes. He's going to have to play 38 minutes on this team. Um, being, the, being basically the only guy. Obviously Fox, but you're looking to Embiid as your centrepiece here. Well, yeah, also, yeah, their timeline's a bit all out, of, out of whack because they've got extensions for Collins and Fox plus a lot of the long-term money already with Embiid, Capella, Noel, yeah. Moutier. I guess I'd just, yeah, I'd continue to, to question that Collins and Embiid fit. Yeah. Knowing that it's not a, a traditional slash modern um, combination in a sense. We've got like one guy that stays inside and then one guy that stretches out. Um, to me, they're too similar, but I guess yeah, could work. Who knows? Um, yeah, the Pistons weren't really too active. Um, they just made some trades. Like minor ones, they haven't. I guess they got out of Blake Griffin's deal, which is good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they've still and they've got a lot of cap space. Don't know how to use it. Though. Well, they haven't done any pre-agency, but yeah, they've obviously got all this money coming off the books with Brandon Knight, Henson, Galloway. Obviously, no Christian Wood coming back. But the, the, this is a twenty-win team. <laughs> it's really just. It's really just like Tony Snell is the biggest contract on the team now. Oh no. Well, it's a team. And, and you say goodbye to him Sorry, next, next year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this really team is really just Seiku and, oh, they've got Jeremy Lamb and Aaron Holiday. They're nice guys, but nothing it's gonna special. Be, it's going to be a rough year in Detroit. 20-win team. <laughs> and I guess I, I want to, I guess to finish, uh, were the Lakers and Clippers too active? Not really. Not particularly. I think Pelicans deserve Yeah, a, sort of, I was going to yeah. finish on the Suns, but so we'll do the Pelicans. Pelicans maybe, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, what are these columns? They're all expanded. I don't like this. Oh, he's written. He's written literally. I love Lazarus. He's 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 written a whole spiel on every player. Well, you, you shouldn't have said that, and then you could have come off as uh, that being your insight. I think people will see through that. I'm not that smart. Oh, okay. I have terrible. You know me. I've got terrible takes and opinions. <laughs> but yes, what's he written here? I'm surprised his notes for Zion isn't just. Lol at the league. Like, good luck. Do not overextend injury risk. It's like marking a uh, moving box is fragile. <laughs> when you move house, you mark like, the dinnerware or like all your glassware. <laughs> it's fragile. 
Yeah, I, th I think I had brief trade discussions with Laz about um, Macau Bridges, um, but I decided not to give up anyone. But I think I, I was inquiring briefly about, well, I forget who it was, I don't even think he's got him anymore. But I think I had a quick look at Alexander Walker, but I decided it's probably just not worth it. Yeah. I think it's hard not to like the Pelicans if they've got Zion and Ingram yeah. still there. Um, Plus they've got your guy, Obi Toppin. I mean, you say my guy, I knew who he was. That's suddenly my guy. Um, they picked up DeJounte Murray, um, replacing DeJounte Graham. Drew Holiday. Yeah, so the bench has got Devontae Graham, Alexander Walker, Toppin, Plumley, Aminu, Cody Martin. Uh, I, think, I don't know which Martin that is, but... I think Marcus Aldridge is an interesting fit next to Zion. Um... A bit different yeah. to Derek Favors. Yeah. But of course, they've added Mason Plumley yeah. as well. Um, I think all in all, pretty decent. I also um, didn't realize Mario was on that much money. Yeah, well, he got the extension. Yeah. The Spurs. Um, but yeah, I think, as I was saying, I think all in all, a pretty decent mock from the Pelicans. Yeah. Um, point of view, obviously, didn't, didn't deal Zion. Um, yeah, that's always a win. Could have easily happened. Yeah. Um, I think if, 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 like, not to sound disrespectful, but if, if it wasn't Laz running the Pelicans, I feel like Zion would not be there currently. They definitely, <laughs> yeah, some, one of the other guys would definitely, if, if it was um, Utah guy, if it was Scott, Zion would be out of there. I think Zion would have just ended purely, up half purely, the teams in the league. Purely for the, yeah. <laughs> purely just for the, the, the trade thrill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess to finish, you can give oh, well, me your gonna, take on... Oh. I was going to just quickly run through a couple of teams and then we'll get to the Suns for like the okay. final okay. Okay. Um, okay. bit here. So the Thunder, uh, they roll out Shy Gilgis, Alexander, Malik Beasley, don't Google Fournier, Christian Wood, <laughs> and Time Lord Williams as their starting five. Interestingly, interestingly, they've got Dante DiVincenzo as their sixth man. Um, I don't think that really means that much, that order, but yeah. Yeah, interesting team. I think they've probably gone backwards, to be honest. Although getting Malik Beasley is pretty awesome. It's great value for Beasley. Yeah, the Thunder are in a, in a weird position at the moment anyway. It's good value for Beasley, and it's we're not sure about the value for Christian Wood. Yeah. Um, next one I wanted to talk about quickly, the Nuggets. So they're going to start Mike Conley, Jamal Murray, Karis LeVert, Michael Porter Jr., and Jared Allen. That's a fun team. But again, I'm not sure whether they're necessarily better, although they they're probably built for longer. Mm. Obviously, going to have to replace Mike Conley. Yeah. Um, I think you're betting on a lot of potential pain off there with Murray, Levert, Porter. Uh, oh, hundred percent. Porter Junior. Yeah. Allen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, although I think he could he could be on a on a high playoff team as the player as he is at the moment. Um, yeah. Uh, Rockets quickly, uh, so they're going to start uh, Kobe White, Ooh. Andrew Wiggins, Yusuf Nurkic, Paul Zingas, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, bit of a hodgepodge after they traded Harden. They end up yeah. with uh, Rui Hachimura in the end. Uh, they signed Jeff Teague. Yeah. Did they? I don't remember his name. Yeah, right I just realised that... that Missed the uh, 
the cut on that, but he signed a, I think it was a three year deal for the, the mid, uh, taxpayers mid level. They've signed about... John Wall using madness, apparently. <laughs> that is uh, an awful contract. Yeah. Not great. Although that's going to be the norm, isn't it? As we keep moving forward. Uh, Another one just quickly. So the Indiana Pacers now have CJ McCollum, DeMar DeRozan, Jalen Brown, PJ Washington, and Miles Turner with uh, old mate Joe Ingles coming off the bench. It's an an interesting team that would probably... It's a good team, but it's probably like a mid-level playoff. I was just about to say, they're going to be a very middling, maybe seventh or sixth seed in the East. Um, just a, just at a pinch, really. Uh, and then the last one I wanted to touch on before we got to the Suns, the Washington Wizards. So they're going to start Kendrick Nunn, Denny Anthony Melton, Aaron Nesmith, Eric Pichal, and James Wiseman. Yep, so that's a 10-win team. They've completely embraced the tank, and uh, good luck for their future endeavours. <laughs> so if you would like to... We'll just finish on the Suns now, that being your team. Well, I mean, I've got nothing to say. It's... But you, You've you got nothing my... to say? I've... <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, I've, got... I've said all my... I wanted... I wanted to get your opinion on the Suns. I mean, I I think you've improved somewhat. Thanks. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um... <laughs> no, no, awards in the mail. That's fine. Thanks. Um, I... So, okay. So what I was trying to... So with the Suns, obviously... I've. I had a look at um, the market, mainly for Kelly Oubre, because he's expiring yes. after this season. And he's like the one, I guess, quote-unquote trade chip that I had. So I was trying to see what I could get with him and the 10th pick. He, he would have been the guy that I, def- if I was the Suns GM, definitely would have tried to trade him just because I don't want to be the person to pay him yeah. in 21-22. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I was think, like looking for. But there wasn't really much out yeah. there. I tried to get like Jonathan Isaac as like my ultimate goal. Obviously, didn't happen. Um, like realistically, look- like you haven't compared to a lot of these other teams that have done complete knockdowns and rebuilds in two oh, weeks. Okay. You haven't really done a lot. But what you have done has been uh, like bringing in Bertans is obviously um, he's going to help uh, as Aiton and Booker come along. Um. I think there's obviously there's minutes for Connaughton as well. Yeah, um, I, I like bringing Carter back. I'm a, a fan of Carter. Um, and then you've just sort of got the the problem with the Suns right now is, and I've realised this a bit late, but I can always. But I know you keep saying the exercise is over, but I will keep emailing you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the problem now with the Suns is they've just got a lot of guards on the bench. Yeah. So they've got Javon Carter, um, Michael Bridges. Who could start realistically? Um, but then, so Carter, Connaughton, Ty Jerome, Akobo, and Lequeux. I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. So there's like that's like five guys there who are all just like the guards that are just kind of there. We don't really know what we got with them. I think in a in a longer exercise, you'd probably maybe trade or replace a couple of those guys with just um, vet mins or taking risks on. Um, I like Akobo. Maybe yeah, so he hasn't so well. Okobo's so yeah. unguaranteed this year, so I could always just get rid of him, but I'd, I think I'd rather get rid of someone like Ty Jerome before. Yeah, I'd or agree with Le- that. Jaylen, or Jalen LeCue before I get yeah. rid of Okobo. 
I think it's interesting that I, I think because a, a trade didn't materialize for you, that that's the, probably the reason why you kept Cam Johnson. Well, well, Johnson, I'm, I'm, I like Johnson. I'm, I don't see a problem keeping him around. Yeah, I guess he's the he's the, the guy that you hope would replace Ubre if you can't sign somebody next year. Yes. Yeah. Or, um, it, or or Bridges really. Bridges could play the three. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's probably more realistic, I guess. Yeah. Um, or Pat Connaughton. Just a, a maybe. I, I like Pat, but I don't. Yeah. But we, well, we already. Yeah, we already covered Pat. Um, already I don't think you. It's fine. <laughs> Jeez. Um. I don't think you necessarily lose a lot by not re-signing Sarich or Baines. Um. The thing in, I'd lose with Baines is the screens. Oh, I didn't necessarily mean that you're not losing decent players. More that moving forward. Like, I don't think Baines is going to be a long-term picture for the Suns. Well, no, he's already 33, 34, so... Yeah, exactly. So, like, his Which I don't think people the... realise. He's quite old. Yeah, his, his move to the Mavs makes sense, right? I'm going to sort of a team that's looking to compete. Um, yeah. And obviously, so I thought the playoffs market for Sarage, which just never happened. Yeah, Sarage is, a, is an odd one. Um, I think he'll hang on in the NBA for a bit, but uh, certainly since leaving the Sixers... Don't necessarily hear about him as much anymore. No, I actually forgot he was on the Suns until I saw he was on my sheet, and I was like, "Oh, there you go." And then you forgot about him, so that's why he wasn't re-signed. No, I made the conscious, <laughs> yeah. conscious decision to. I mean, if it's between like Sarich or Bertans, I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> but yeah, I think that does us. Um, yeah, if you've made it through this mammoth three-hour uh, discussion. Slash recap about, about something that didn't that didn't really happen. Something <laughs> completely fantastical. Yeah, absolute fantasy land. Ah, uh, yeah. So that that's our three hour recap of the fifth annual Ron Marshall Memorial Mock Draft, hosted over on Detroit Bad Boys on SB Nation. <clears throat> Um, it's still technically going, so if you want, you can go have a look. But I mean, it, it's really just an absolute sea of muck now. Yeah, <laughs> over six thousand two hundred comments of stuff. <laughs> yeah, from about five people. Yeah, just all Utah trade offers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that, that that's really all we've got to say for it. I mean, I, again, glad it's over. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll, this we'll is see. a. Yeah, we'll see the results of the 2K sim whenever they get released. Oh, yeah, if they get released. If they get released, you know, release the tapes. The, the problem with the mock draft is it gets so convoluted that, like, we did a three-hour, like, tried to do a comprehensive recap of everything, and I feel like we still left out at least, like, 75% of what happened. Well, I mean, we're never going to go through every, like, discussion and everything that fell through. I mean, I, I have a life to live. Oh, of course. I just feel like, yeah, well, we mainly, we captured the captured the general vibe of it didn't we the, the things that, that the audience are keen hanging on to listen for <laughs> yeah this is definitely a um an asmr falling asleep podcast <laughs> episode <laughs> yes. this one just uh, just make sure we get the uh the listen that's all yeah <laughs> i'll just have it on repeat but yeah that, thank you for listening um as always you can follow me on twitter at quag sport you can follow the collective at Ball Outsiders. You can follow Tim at... So it's Tim R. Ray with a W. 
Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple. I think that's it for now. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Um, wherever you get your podcast, unless or unless you download it off, like, I don't know. Uh, there was a joke there. I, I didn't find it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Rest for assured channel. you'll be able yeah. to find us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Farewell. Yeah,